episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on October the 17th, 2018. I'm your host, Gaming Psychologist, and with me, as always, finding dirty things on the internet, Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we're going to be talking about our game giveaway once again. We'll be discussing the games we played this week. Assassin's Creed Odyssey has some issues with Totino's. <laughs> Command and Conquer is getting a remaster, and that might not be all. Being openly political in games is, quote, bad for business, the A Division developer says. We'll have our weekly community corner with another listener question this week and a Steam Discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rach. Hello. And it sounds like you're projecting. Uh, I'm not the only one that looks at bad things on the internet. No, no. But it's well known that I look at bad things on the internet. <laughs> we don't normally talk about the fact that you look at bad things on the internet. Well, but, I think I it's mean, uh, no. I think it's more newsworthy when you're not looking at bad things on the internet. Let's be honest. You were telling me about dirty things, and I was like, "You have to send those to me." So you were looking <laughs> for them for me. But I mean, you know, that's oh, normal. Now, now see, you're you're the bad influence here. So that's it's fine. your fault. I blame you. That's fine. You've influenced me in a lot of ways over the last few years. So. You know, it's only fair that I influence you back in some ways. What, the, the fact that I'm making you more of a curmudgeon already? Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And more of a cynic? Yep. Gonna cynic my ass down to the polls on Saturday. Early voting started, and Saturday is... This Saturday is the, the first Saturday early voting time yeah well i'm not crippled enough to uh, be able to uh, vote early so i'm just going to vote uh well vote often <laughs> <laughs> are you going to uh, are you doing mail-in or are you going to go down to uh, i'm going to go down to the poll place okay yeah i called and i was like i want to get a mail-in ballot please and they're like why i'm like because i don't think i'll be able to do early voting because i have to work and i don't think i'll be able to get off on election day because it's not a national holiday they were like, well, we do Saturday polls. Like, this lady was, like, so rude to me on the phone. She must know that I'm a liberal. <laughs> that must be it. Oh, the fact she's, that you want to uh, vote, I think, that, uh, that's, I think that's a key giveaway here. Yeah. And she's like, well, we do Saturday voting. And I was like, okay, we'll win. And so she gave me the dates. There's two and the times that they're open. And she was like, if you can't make it to that, I guess we can get you a thing for – get you a mail-in ballot. And I was like, Whoa. Okay, and I wanted I wanted to be like bitch, and then just like hang up on her. But well, I was uh, like, thank. I was just like, thank you, and then I hung up, and I was like, she was so rude. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. She could uh, be yeah, having a bad a day kind or of, something. It's kind of weird in the U.S. that uh, wanting to vote is kind of frowned upon almost. Yeah. Anything at anything other than the presidential election, but we have local elections every couple of years, and sometimes there's like even more than that for special local ordinances and things like that like you know voting it's good it's important but oh hell they well uh, they didn't post about a local election until the week before it happened here and i'm actually missed a local election uh grand you know i probably could have looked online and found about it but uh the local you know, well the local town's facebook 
is updated like once every six months or so. <laughs> yeah. So there's really no reason to even follow it. So, yeah. <sighs> well, well let's, put, let's put it this way. At the post office, they have the docket for the town meetings. And I'm pretty sure the latest one on there is at least three or four weeks out of date. Yeah. So you mentioned Facebook and we're talking about voting. And so just like dumb me went over to Facebook and uh, my mom posted something on Facebook. Oh, you got to share about the red wave. Uh Oh, it's just some stuff about Jesus and the Bible and prayer changes things. And then it says, turn it red. And it's got uh, an election map of the United States and all of the states are red. I'm so tempted to comment (laughs) back and say, you do realize color. Uh, or you do realize how population density works, right? Yeah. Because that's the no, other she thing. doesn't. Uh, that's the other thing. You know, you see people talk about, uh, look at all the red te- uh, uh, territory. Then you're like, um, most of the U.S. population is in those little blue sections right there because of population fucking density. Yeah. The, the coasts and city areas. There's Tennessee's got a population of between six and seven million, and there's more people than that that live in New York City. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Actually, I'm, let me see what. Um, I just wanted to see what the population density was of my state was, but I didn't find it real quick. Oh, hang on. Uh, um, Wikipedia may have it. Uh, population density, it's ranked 29th, so that's actually uh, better than what I thought it was. What's ranked 29th? Uh, my state's population density, it's uh, ranked 38th in uh, in total population. So, yeah. Oh, but uh, should we talk about uh, giveaway? Because yeah, we're, we're still running that. Uh, Grant, we probably chased everybody off with, polit- uh, with political talk, but don't worry, we'll get back to that. <laughs> yeah, we'll come back to that later, guys. We'll, we'll just shelve this for now. We'll put in a committee. You know, uh, it's definitely not being installed. It's definitely not being installed. <laughs> I, I could, I could hear that eye twitch. I could hear it. <laughs> it's a very strong eye twitch. Um, but, but you, yes, you do it this time since I did it last time. Yes. So, like we mentioned last I'm delegating. week, delegating. Uh, in case. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, in case you missed it or um, you're new to the show, then we're uh, sorry. And you're, listening to this, <laughs> and you're listening to this in real time, we were contacted by the developers of a game called Night Team 4, uh, and that is a hacking game. Uh, and they gave us some keys to give away to our audience. So we kept a couple for ourselves to play. Like we they said three, we should. Like they said we should. Uh, but we have three that we're giving away to members of our audience. And we're just going to do a random giveaway. And the way that you enter is to send us an email or a tweet. Um, I suppose you could contact one of us on Steam. But just to make sure that we, like, check it properly before the show time starts. uh, Or before we start recording our next show next week. Um, Just send us an email that says you want to enter. And your favorite quote from a hacker movie. Well, you did add uh, Cyberpunk as well. Since Cyberpunk typically has some sort of element of hacking in it right you're right i forgot that i wasn't ready 
I wasn't ready, coach. You just threw me in. <laughs> uh, who knew uh, running a game giveaway could be so tough? I know. But yeah, so that is that. Uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, 194. And you probably should be giving me the email address. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, you can send us an email at vglpodcast.gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet to us at vglpodcast. Or you could, I guess, tweet to each of us individually. Or send us a message on Steam. You know, just get it to us in some way. And we'll make sure to get those thrown in for the giveaway. The cutoff time is right before we start recording on Tuesday night. So somewhere around 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, maybe 9 p.m. if we're a little bit late, but no promises if you don't get it in there before. Yeah, me. let's just uh, say 8 p.m. Tuesday, October 23rd uh, for the cutoff. Sounds uh, great. And that's Eastern Time, or Freedom Time, if you're on our Discord. Indeed. Freedom! So, speaking <laughs> of games, why don't we move on to talk about the games that we played this week? 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 <laughs> I started to say weak and rage at the same time, and it came out as reek for anyone who has uh, seen or read well, Game of Thrones. Well, I have that. you know I did shower. Well, that's good. Recently. I think. So what games have you been playing this week, Rage? Uh, well, I could uh, just dive into 19.4 because we both played it, but let's talk you about... if you want to do it that way. Nah, let's uh, uh, space this out a little bit. So I sure. actually spent a fair amount of time on mobile games because I redid my Dwarf Fortress world after a few failed embarks. Mostly me just going in with old knowledge and not doing proper things. Because Dwarf Fortress is rather unforgiving if you don't approach it, at least in the beginning, in a particular way. So instead of doing a well less ideal embark, I decided to remake the world, which... Take some time, which means I had some free time for some mobile games. And I got three of them this week. Two of them remind me why I don't do mobile games that often. <laughs> so let's just dive into Bowmasters. This would have been a fun game if it was a mobile game. And I mean that in... Okay, that does sound a little condescending, but... It's a mobile game, so what do you expect? Uh, this also, is... I was going to say, when have you ever cared? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, we did talk about uh, I'm the less PC of us. Uh, this was uh, developed by Miniclip, which was actually a flashlight back in the day. So it wasn't a big surprise that you know, this plays like an older Flash game, where it's essentially you know a dueling game, where if it's you or you versus another player... Uh, there is a PvP option. I didn't go into it because of how the monetization works. But uh, it's essentially a duel where you stand there, you uh, uh, tell the computer, or t yeah, uh, throw a projectile, depending on the particular play or avatar you're using, uh, at a particular angle and with a particular amount of uh, strength, and it launches it, and you basically pay turns back and forth until you kill one another. Very, ba very basic. What pissed me off about it is quite a few things, actually. <laughs> this is uh, about the worst it comes when it comes to mobile games. Matches are, I would say, 30 seconds to a minute, depending on the particular character you're using and you're facing, because some of them are as overpowered as fuck. 
as in you don't even have to do a direct hit if you come up against like thor for, with uh, as a computer that has an aoe hit and can throw you back and mess up your shots uh there's an alien that throws this uh, little orb that instead of having to hit you directly it basically just throws down energy so all it has to do is overshoot you and time the uh, attack right which it always did so yeah there's some definite power issues <laughs> And since all these characters are unlockable, you can also face them whenever you come into PvP. And in order to get any of them, it is a massive, massive, massive grind. And that's on top of watching all the ads. And mind you, remember I said that the matches are 30 seconds to a minute usually. Well, the ads are 30 seconds to a minute. <laughs> Am I the only one that sees a slight problem with this? <laughs> yeah, that's one of those ad exploitation type things. Yeah, and that's on and top that mobile of games do. Yeah, and that's on top of uh, the character select uh, being laggy as hell, and it seemed to uh, randomly put me on a different character. So, if there was one particular character that I liked its playstyle, be it you know, it had a particular. A projectile that I liked, or a special attack that I liked, because some of them do have special attacks, like the alien uh, alien probe has the power beam thing. Uh, there's a card shark that uh, he would uh, essentially just flick a card, think gambit almost, but instead of the card exploding, it would uh, well, it would explode, but it explode into a radi into a cloud of cards, and you know, send those out for extra damage. But because it would randomly flip to a character, it would uh, take me quite a while to get back. So, you know, it's 30 seconds for a match. Okay, well, if you want to have at least, well, not even a decent, a uh, less glacial pro uh, progression. Here, watch a 30 second, 10 minute ad. Okay, now we're going to put you back on the uh, main menu. Go back to uh, the character select. Oh, we changed to what character you're on. Uh, well, hey, you can pl uh, buy this one for, you know, 10,000 gold coins. Oh, you don't have 10,000 gold coins? Here, uh, just put in your credit card number. Oh. Yeah, this, uh, you know, it reminded me a lot of why I don't play a lot of mobile games. And this was uh, one of the ones that was actually suggested to me on Google Play. <laughs> Makes you think uh, those algorithms aren't working, huh? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're kind of hit or miss. Granted, some of the actual uh, secondary game modes were somewhat interesting. There was a bird hunt mode that was, instead of uh, shooting at another character, you know, birds would fly across the screen and you would have to flick at them uh, uh, pretty quickly to be able to kill them. And uh, the more you killed, the more uh, coins you won. And it also, uh, it did this wave-based thing where uh, for quite a while there will be no birds on the screen, then suddenly a bunch of them would show up, then there'd be no none again, and you know, slowly, slowly taking down that amount of time, uh, which was, yeah, it was fun at first. It was, it would be a good time waster if it didn't piss me off so much, you know? Yeah. I didn't even get to the PVP aspect of it because, you know, it would require you to uh, win 20 games and it kept throwing me up against uh, just computer opponents that I had no chance at. Uh, I'm assuming that the game is using some sort of force miss, so, you know, it you know, would... Uh, be able to not hit you directly and have some sort of um, built-in margin of error. 
but because some of the characters are just so overpowered, you know, if you're even yeah. uh, on the same continent, you get hit. And since there's ragdoll physics, where uh, if you hit or hit by a particularly powerful attack, you're knocked back. That knocks off your uh, your own aim. And like I said, Thor was uh, by far the worst one I came up against, just because he had this huge splash damage. So he would get near me, get enough to knock me back. Uh, but it wouldn't do a ton of damage, so it was just chip damage until, you know, the force missed. You said, okay, finish him, and just dropped, a, a, you know, a, his hammer right on my skull and, uh, you know, caved it in. Uh, I really wanted to like this a lot more because, it, you know, it's one of those that could be a good just time waster. You know, fire it up, play it for a few uh, minutes, but no. I installed it pretty quickly. <laughs> oh, which is a shame. Because I actually liked this sort of game back in the Flash days, but just modern mobile uh, monetization has just ruined a lot of these very quick, very uh, quick and dirty uh, uh, time wasters, you know? Yeah. It doesn't sound like a game that would be interesting to me, so... Well, it just reminded me of a Flash game back in the day. I mean, it's pretty much a direct rip of, like several different flash games so the fact that you know it's made by mini clip you know is pretty much just uh, an endorsement of what to expect and, and it wasn't what i expected it's just you know the fact that uh the uh you know the just general monetization sucked yeah and yeah, right. it was also filled with uh different parodies and different uh you know uh, Easter eggs, you know, like they had Minecraft in it because that's still relevant, uh, right? Yeah, I saw one of the characters looks like Walter White from Breaking Bad yeah. in the screenshot. Yeah, a lot of them are also kind of just reskinned, like the Archer uh, Robin Hood guy. Uh, they reuse his model or animation set several times over. So pretty much any character that looked vaguely like him, outside of the weapon. Is pretty much copy and pasted for his animations. So, like the lumberjack has the same victory animation, for example, even though he lobs a chainsaw instead of shooting a bow and arrow. Uh, the card shark actually is pretty much uh, the same uh, animation set. Like I said, just reskinned, which yeah felt incredibly lazy. <laughs> but yeah, d- do not recommend. Speaking of games, I don't recommend. Let's go into another one. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mini Golf King multiplayer game. This was another one that was recommended to me by Google Play because I played, uh, I'm pretty sure I played their uh, other golf game back in the day. Yeah, I mean, this I mean, th- looks a lot like... Or... Uh, uh, it looks it, a lot it, like one of the golf games you played. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't show it on their... Uh, uh, developer page so it may just be you know the fact that all these golf game, a uh, golf rival or golf battle or one of them you know i think it was golf rival actually it's no that's not it it must be golf battle then no that's not it either but you know the, the icons on these are so generic you know how many times can they have a uh, golf being hit a uh, golf ball getting hit by a club right as an icon no no i'm serious I, no, I know, but at least... I mean, it's almost as bad as a guy vaguely yelling uh, for uh, you know, the Clash Royale clones, you know? Yeah, the the Clash of... 
mm-hmm. copies. But anyway, this is essentially just, uh, let me tab back to the proper one, a mini golf version of, you know, generic, uh, mobile, uh, uh, golf game. Uh, so, you know, there's a little bit more randomness in it. Where, you know, the game can fuck you over just because, you know, uh, the swing mace, uh, uh, hit you the wrong way or something like that. It's Golf Clash, by the way. Golf That's Clash, the old okay. one that you played. Uh, when I said Clash of whatever, I was like, is it Golf Clash? Yeah. It uh, is. It's Golf Clash. Okay. Uh, granted, go- it's not quite the same just because, uh, yeah, it's, um, a more proper golf game or golf clash is. Yeah. While, uh, mini golf king is, and they're not made by the same company. This is actually a blue hole game. <laughs> yeah. This is made by Playdemic golf clash. It's the only game they've made according to the Google play store. Yeah. Which just tells you how generic the uh, golf games are, huh? Yeah. Uh, Anyways. but, uh, Technically, it, you know, there's other clubs, but the putter, and it has wind in the game, but honestly, I don't know there's that much of a difference, and it's one of those that it says that you're playing against other pe- people, but if they are, they're so fucking stupid, I don't know how they are able to even hold a phone, let alone load up a game. I mean, they're, let's just put it this way, there was one person I came up against, or person, and I used that in massive sarcasm quotes that would hit the ball at I would say about 5% uh, uh, power so it just roll a little bit stop uh, their turn comes again it rolls a little bit thankfully uh, it uh, runs on a system where uh, if you uh, sink the uh, uh, your uh, ball uh, the other person has a chance to uh, even the score you know come up as a tie and then it goes to the tiebreaker, which is just a gem scattered across the level. So you don't have to wait for them to finish, thankfully. But it uses the same exact system as Golf Clash, where uh, you uh, open up chest, and the chest has a particular number of clubs in it, and you collect a number of the same copies of clubs to level up the clubs to get better versions of the clubs, and the different courses have different clubs that all uh, make the previous ones obsolete because they're obviously better uh, and I honestly didn't see any uh, variance on uh, play style where one club may be, you know, a little bit more accurate but has uh, less power. All the ones I got were very linear in their power scaling. You know, just straight up upgrades. I think the only time it wouldn't be that is if you stayed on a particular course for a long time and were able to get a lot of a particular club to level it up to, you know, up like a plus 20 or something. Uh, but... Where this game uh, pissed me off <laughs> was that it uses a Clash Royale system in its uh, chest where, you know, you play a match and you get a chest and you have to wait so long for it to open. What's something that Clash Royale does in that system that makes it where you could actually play the game? Um, I mean, you can open them immediately uh, sometimes. It also doesn't, like, it lets you keep playing even if your chests are full. You just can't earn new chests. Which is pointless in this because you're betting your money. So you're only getting a little bit of currency and you're not getting any progression. So it would be pointless in that. What I'm looking for is queues. You're, you're able to queue up your chests, right? Yes. yes. In this, you, can... you can't. At all. Oh. 
you start opening a chest and then you come back uh, two hours later and start the next one manually. If you filled up all your slots, then tough shit. And the longest one I saw was four hours. So come back in four hours, uh, uh, start opening another chest and either close the game immediately or uh, refill that slot with a chest that may take a half an hour. And even then, you know, you're playing one course that is a couple minutes. It's not even a course. It's one hole. Uh, the different courses are a, ser- or a, a chance of one particular hole out of a, a particular pool instead of, you know, playing across several different holes like Golf Clash did it. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, just the fact that, you know, uh, it's a game that actively discourages you to play it unless you want to pay up. Uh, just put me off. It makes me wonder how the hell this has a 4.5 out of 5 stars. And also makes me very worried about, uh, you know, future game development, uh, catering to the more mobile crowd. Cause damn, right? Yeah, I, I hate stuff like that. I mean, outside of that, I actually kind of enjoyed it, but I don't have enough money to pay, uh, to uh, pay up to be able to uh, play it, uh, that often. And the fact that, you know, it's one of those play for less than, well, less than two or three minutes. And then come back in half an hour, come back in four hours, and no way to queue that up? Really? It, it just was a head-scratcher to me. Yeah. I mean, they're just trying to, I guess, get people hooked and then get that, them That to first taste money. is free because the, the first uh, chest was uh, pretty much an immediate open. Then you started racking them up. And I honestly thought it was going to be the same as Clash Royale where, you know, you fill up your chest slots and then you come back in a few hours. Which honestly... Four to five matches, maybe a little bit more, depending on if the player, and sarcasm quotes, is good enough to actually beat you. Uh, or at least in the opening, uh, uh, tournaments, you know, they, you know, it wasn't even close most of the time. There was only one time, and that was, honestly, I'm pretty sure it was an accident because there was a course that had explosives on it, and they hit the explosive just right to bounce it, uh, down the course, uh, actually a fair distance. But I'm, I'm almost positive that was a mistake, you know, or just yeah. luck. Uh, but yeah, uh, if they had it where it would queue up and you'd come back every few hours to play a few, uh, to play a few rounds, that would have been fine. I wouldn't have been happy about it, but it would have been acceptable. But the fact that, you know, opening up chests in these games are, is fucking expensive. I just don't ha- uh, see how they could say it's microtransactions when, you know, you play for a little bit and you suddenly, uh, you know, need to take out a loan. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you do a thousand transactions that are only 99 cents. Those are all micro, right? As if they're only 99 cents now, huh? Yeah, I know. All right. So, uh, anything to say on this one? Not really. I played Golf Clash and I thought it was okay. This doesn't make it any more appealing to me. I mean, this is a worse version of Golf Clash. The only reason why I stopped playing Golf Clash, well, one, I reset my phone and lost my progress. And two, you know, I was just coming up against players that were just still brain dead after quite a while. And it's the same system. I'm pretty sure that they just scraped Facebook for a bunch of pictures and it's all AI. I, I would be shocked if it, you know, if it, if there was actually other players, uh, Outside of, you know, very high leagues, because damn, 
these people are stupid, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, uh, third uh, mobile game. Okay, so this one, um, I, I'm, I'm going to shock you here, but I kind of like this one. <laughs> okay. So, I have an app on my phone. I know there's a big shock. Uh, that keeps an eye on Google Play sales. And this game came up on a, uh, well, actually 100% sale, just giveaway. And I thought, that actually looks interesting. I'll try it out. Uh, occasionally, there's something that's actually decent in it. And this was one of those. Uh, this is normally a buck. So, yeah, still pretty cheap. And first thing that won me over, you buy it, that's it. No microtransactions, no ads, no nothing. So, there's a victory in and of itself, huh? A rare gem. Yeah. That's all, honestly, when I look for mobile titles now, that's all I look for. A game that I pay money for and get. Well, I don't... Well, I may be selling you on this one. This is a combination roguelite and lunar lander. Where okay. uh, you control a little lander craft in a procedurally generated cave system. And the entire point of the game is to escape. You have a set amount of fuel and you essentially progress up. Uh, it's a, a kind of a vertical platformer almost where you're trying to just climb up and out of this cave system. And at various points, there's refuel stations and there's various uh, hazards along the way. There's mining lasers that go off occasionally. Uh, there's um, uh, doors that you have to hit switches to be able to open that sort of thing. And it actually has a fairly decent, at least in the beginning, progression curve, where you may look at the screenshots and you see these little green orbs. Uh, those orbs are uh, lithium orbs, I think, if memory serves. Uh, and uh, they're the progression currency. The first uh, tier of uh, progression on all your ship stats, your hull strength, your shield strength, your tractor beam, uh, fuel, uh, etc., is 400 orbs, which is like two or three decent runs. And the first upgrade is actually quite substantial, which increases your chance of progressing uh, further up in, uh, to the cave system, which also allows you to net more, and it has a very pleasing progression loop. Uh, and it also has power-ups along the way. So uh, uh, one that is very good to pick up very early, granted these are all randomly generated and randomly placed, is a two times uh, lithium pickup where, uh, you know, instead of picking up one orb, you're picking up two. Instead of picking up the th three cluster, you're picking up six, and it allows you to progress a lot quicker. And there's also little things like uh, f uh, fuel pods, uh, a proper tractor beam, which that's what the tractor beam uh, upgrade uh, works off of shields um, uh, there's radars for the fuel refuel stations there's radars for pickups well, well for treasure collection which the treasure collection I think is the weakest point of this where it's literally just a collectathon and it doesn't really do anything as far as I could tell but uh, overall it's not a bad little game especially for a buck it controls a well it uses the gyroscope uh, scope to steer and then touch screen to uh, essentially just fire off the rocket. And for my phone, it worked perfectly. Took a little bit getting used to because it's, uh, you can invert the controls, but I just kept it the default where essentially you're kind of tilting the phone towards where you want it to go. So 
uh, as you tilt the phone, you're uh, essentially creating a new up for the uh, rocket to point towards. Uh, but yeah, it's a very interesting little title, and it's been a little bit of a time waster for me <laughs> for the last uh, few days. Uh, three or uh, no, I think it says four different uh, areas to be able to go through on the uh, store page. Uh, each of them uh, starts to introduce new things. So the opening area, at least at the start, was uh, pretty much just the cave system. Then I started uh, coming up against these mining lasers. Well, on my next playthrough, I started seeing the mining lasers a lot earlier. So I think what they're doing is as you progress through the cave system and unlock uh, different areas, it's also unlocking the hazards from the uh, uh, those areas as well. Granted, they're a lot rare outside of their native area, so I don't see mining lasers too often in the first area, but they do show up. Uh, in the second area, I occasionally see mines from the third, and that sort of thing. But yeah, a, a fairly enjoyable, just little time waster, and this is what I really wanted. You know, just something to pick up on my phone and toy around with for a little bit. Nice. It does sound interesting, intriguing to me. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about using the uh, like the gyroscope to do. Yeah, yeah. I wish things. there was a demo to be able to, sh- uh, you know, to see if your phone works well with it or not. But yeah. I don't see one on here. And if you play a game, you can't refund it on on the Google Play Store. So I thought there was a refund policy. I think. I think it's just if you buy it, but then you don't use it, you've got two weeks to refund it. You might be able to refund that if you played it a little bit. I've never actually tried to refund anything on Google Play. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm just seeing what the refund policy is now. Um, bu- 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 uh, refund policy. Within 48 hours, you may get a refund depending on the details of the purchase. After 48 hours, contact the developer. So it looks like you do have a short window. Okay. So it would be worth uh, at least checking out if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, it doesn't. Re- it has a kind of a binary uh, uh, on uh, well, rocket system, so it's just on or off. But it does have a fairly decent uh, physics system. It, it feels like it's an atmosphere, though, so it's not quite trying to like fly a lunar lander on cur- on uh, in Kerbal Space System, uh, system uh, Kerbal Space Program, where you're like on Mun and you know it could get a little squirrely if you're not running the stability system there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, really, my only complaint about it, well, there's I have two complaints. The collection system is just there to add points. But also, uh, some of the secret areas, because, you know, this is a roguelite, so there are going to be secrets. Uh, the, they're usually accessed through a tunnel, which I don't think the screenshot shows. Uh, if you're looking closely, you could spot them fairly easily. It's just like a lattice work. Okay. Uh, but whenever you uh, hit the ground hard enough to cause damage, your lander bounces off. Well, if you get if you get into a situation where you're bouncing back and forth in that tunnel, it could very quickly kill you. And just because of how the rocket ha- uh, handles its throttle, uh, it's a little difficult to be able to navigate those unless you're pretty much on the money. There's a little bit of leadway, and the game is at least a little bit forgiving on just how much it allows you uh, to impact the ground. It doesn't immediately call. Uh, 
costs you damage or costs costs you uh, health just for impacting for just brushing the ground, which is nice. You know, it's a little bit forgiving on that, uh, but it can uh, kind of screw you over if you're not careful on that. But you know, you typically don't have to go after the secrets and. Uh, the fuel upgrade, I think, is the most important thing on this, where it gives you more options or more leadway on missing a fuel station, because it's procedurally generated. Uh, sometimes the fuel stations may be in alleyway the place, or it may have a branching path where it kind of uh, uh, goes around a fuel station if you go in the wrong direction. Granted, there is fuel station radar that you can pick up to be able to try to alleviate that. But starting in the third stage, it starts to really get a little bit claustrophobic and a little bit snaky in its a, a cave system. So it could sometimes be a little bit tough to tell. But then again, I'm also barely upgraded. I, I think I had the first tier of upgrades on three systems so far. And it goes 400 points in a thousand. Uh, for the second tier, so I've just been upgrading like my hall strength and that sort of thing to try to last a little bit longer because sometimes, you know, the cave system does kind of screw you over, but that's roguelite for you. Yeah. But yeah, not a bad little game. I, I was uh, rather impressed with it. I'm glad I picked it up. Uh, and I did pick it up for free because I just saw it on sale. But yeah, I would say it's worth a buck. Sweet. Well... I will, uh... Yeah, is your feet cold for, uh, for hell freezing over? Nah, uh, this I, happens every so often. Uh, me you find a game you like. Yeah, me recommending a mobile title. <laughs> it happens every great once in a while. We'll see if you get two recommends in a row. Let's, uh, let's go talk about the game that we uh, received keys for. Yeah. Night Team 4. I get to contribute! So the reason that I don't have any games to talk about this week is I got really sick over the weekend. I took two naps on Saturday and two naps on Sunday and went to bed early both nights. Like, I just felt like garbage. So, I played a little bit of American uh, Truck Simulator. I, I believe the proper term is blah. <laughs> I played a little bit of American Truck Simulator, which I've talked about that the last two weeks, and there's nothing new to talk about for that for me. And then I, I've, I played some Dwarf Fortress, not as much as I wanted to. But I just like I mostly just sat on the couch and watched TV and YouTube videos. Yeah, and, and Dwarf Fortress is not a game you go into while you're sick. No. Yeah. H- so. Hell, it's not a game you go into when you're well if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> there's a there's a reason why I wanted to uh, stream it, but I haven't. Is that I have to stop every so often and start looking up stuff, and that's not yeah. very conducive for a stream. So maybe after Game Club, I'll be able to stream it. So, but I did make sure to get a couple hours in Night Team 4 so I could talk about it this week, uh, the week between our two, you know, the week before the giveaway, after we announced it last week and and whatnot. So, I played it for a couple of hours, and you played it as well. About how long did you play it for? I played it for about three and a half. Okay, so you played a bit longer than me. Yeah, I streamed mine. Night Team 4, I think my biggest problem with it is... It doesn't have all of its tutorials in place, so there's a lot of tools and a lot of systems in it that aren't explained at all. So Okay, so it's not just me that felt that way. Oh, no, Granted, no, no. I didn't play through all of the tutorials. I, I played through I all... F- I, no, I did all three sections of the tutorials, and my, my biggest beef with the tutorials, outside of some of them just not being in place yet, is that the tutorial system is very 
segregated. Uh, and, uh, one set of tutorials, you're learning how to essentially just find particular servers. Then on another series of tutorials, you're taught how to find particular files and find connections, but there's never a connection between those two systems. So whenever you're sent out into the wild, because technically I would say this is a sandbox uh, RPG, uh, with, uh, also a optional uh, campaign. Uh, along with some procedurally generated uh, uh, multiplayer stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're throwing in a lot of industry terms, but there's nothing really connecting those two. So once you're sent out into the wild, uh, you're never quite sure when to go from one set of tools to another because it never really kind of brought everything together. If that makes yeah. any sense? Yeah. So I played through the first set of tutorials, the first grouping or whatever and then they're like okay you're ready to go do your first mission or you can hit the advanced tutorials i was like sweet i'm starting like i'm doing okay i'm starting to wind down i'm gonna go hit the first mission i do the first mission and it's like this is shit that was not covered in the basic (laughs) tutorial it was hardly okay it was hardly covered in the uh, advanced tutorial i was gonna say so i'm gonna go hit the second set of tutorials and then i was like okay some of this is covered but some of the things that i need to do are not and I'm like, uh, I guess I could keep doing the tutorials or try and figure it out on my own, which to some extent I kind of like. Well, so, well, they uh, well they blatantly said at one point that uh, you'll eventually have to Google search some stuff, which yeah. for streaming isn't exactly a great experience. Which is also why I haven't been doing Dwarf Fortress. Yeah, but so it, just in case somebody doesn't know, Night Team Four. That's Night Team 4. I'm not sure if I said... Uh, as in, as in Fort. Yeah. Or if I said Night Team 4 last week. I don't know if I said it too fast or if I said it wrong, but Night Team 4 is a hacking game where you work for like a top secret, topper secreter than Department of Defense, uh, CIA, above above your, pay gr- above your pay grade. Yeah, it's, it's a hacking organization. And so you're doing hacking. Uh, and... It, it's somewhat say, realistic. It is. Most hacking and the, games I've played in the past are like more like puzzle games. Yeah, but and this that, is and using, this does have that element part, as well. Uh, yeah, it does feel like there's a, a a puzzle element, but it's more figuring out kind of what the game wants you to do and figuring out how to use your tools and not quite how I think they intended for the puzzle element to feel. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, this. I mean, the majority of the game is played in some sort of command prompt type interface like each of your tools are broken out in their own sections so you can open up a separate you know uh command prompt or command line window for them and the help is specific only to that instead of it all being crammed into one tool um but uh, other for the most part you're doing at least in the beginning i haven't gotten to any of the mobile related stuff um see i did get to a little bit of the mobile stuff and uh, that was something i just had to figure out on my own because it didn't really give a lot of stuff uh, to be able to do it. Yeah. And, but, and there was a lot of times that I had the information in front of me uh, on what I needed for that particular campaign mission, but it, uh, you know, I didn't get it in the way they wanted me to. Uh, yeah. A good example of that is at one point you have to hack a phone uh, to, and you have to, uh, it tells you to go uh, you know, find this person's uh, contacts. Well, uh, great. They covered a tutorial about uh, connecting people. No, don't do that. Uh, it's something completely different. <laughs> so if you don't do it the way you're supposed to, it doesn't let you progress. In yeah, the story. Uh, yeah, in the in story. The campaign? Yeah, in the campaign. Oh, uh, like, didn't didn't 
Didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty much uh, it. It has a lot. It's a lot more linear than I would have really en- uh, enjoyed. Uh, See, I mean, I, it, I, mean that, I mean, it's quite literally. They'd say, you know, uh, find more information about his contacts or something like that, and you're in his phone looking at his contacts. Sorry, I'm pausing here because of train coming. Choo choo. At least we had a good section to break here, huh? Yeah. I'm not sure if that's on this side of the river or not. Maybe on the other uh, side of the river. That's the problem is that where I live, I could hear two sets of uh, crossings. Yeah. I just barely heard like, and then that was it. All right. Uh, Cut all this out, Craig. (laughs) Or Jared. Craig, strike that from the record. (laughs) Strike it from the record. Um, Uh, But you're, you're literally in his phone looking at his list of contacts and they all say encrypted. What do I do? Well, it turns out that you have to go to the file manager and find a, essentially a link to go to a different place. And you're completely ignoring all his contacts and everything that the uh, campaign was telling you to do. And to go essentially go into this hacker uh, black market to try to do a cryptocurrency transaction. Never mind the fact that it was telling you to look for contacts, right? Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, that- uh, and the, where I got screwed up is that it wanted to be do a transaction with, a you know, Bitcoin or, you know, whatever cryptocurrency they were calling it. But I don't know how to do that. And I'm trying to search online to figure out how to do that. I mean, I have a wallet ID there, but I don't know how to do it in the game itself. So that's where I gave up after going around in circles for about 10 minutes. It's well, one of those games that it requires a very specialized knowledge because they go more on the simulation side of things. Yeah, I was going to say, this feels much more like a hacker simulation. as opposed Which isn't to a bad like, thing, but you know, no, it, I, don't have the, I don't have the uh, knowledge to be able to play it. And I'm not sure if I have the patience to be able to sit there and Google every single step. Because I'm already doing yeah. that for Dwarf Fortress, but I already know yeah. kind of half of what I'm doing there. I have some very basic skills in this. Uh, I did a bit of app programming and and whatnot back in, you know late high school, early college days. Um, I I wrote a couple of custom Android OSs. So, I mean, those skills don't directly transfer, but I recognize some things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I kind of get where to go with this and how to do this. And, you know, when I get to the cryptocurrency stuff, I might understand that better since I'm sort of a crypto yeah, well, amateur. Well, well, since they say, you know, do a transaction and you have a wallet code there or a wallet ID, I imagine you'd know how to do that without having to start Googling it. And then it, yeah. it, it and Google basically spitting out a bunch of uh, articles about how Bitcoin uh, is crashing. <laughs> oh, good. It's crashing again. That's good. I'm actually a little behind on the times. With well, that. I'm not sure um, if those were old articles or not. I was trying to figure this out. But, yeah, uh, I, I was also starting to get tired and you know, a little, uh, I, I guess, frustrated would be the proper term. But that's more just the game, I think, expects you to have uh, some very specialized knowledge. Uh, Or it expects you to put in the time to learn it. mm -hmm. And you know what? That's fine. There's actually nothing. I don't have a problem with that. Like some games, like this is a niche that it's going for. And I think that for the right person, honestly, even for me, once I, now that I'm better and can give it a second look with more focus and attention, like I think that I would really be into this because I was kind of getting into it. Like, yeah, there was, yeah, yeah, there were some moments that, you know, uh, figuring out, you know, uh, how to do something correctly. I'm like, aha, I got it. 
And that felt really good. It's just I don't have the uh, baseline knowledge of the programmer to be able to do this. And the game doesn't ex- uh, explain enough about the tools. And there was some stuff that I'll just look at, uh, at like, this looks like some sci-fi shit. I have no idea what this is even supposed to do. And then yeah. there was some stuff like man in the middle attacks and that sort of thing, which I understand the basic premise of, but not the interface of. Yeah, for, I will say that for, like, some of those tools, they do go from, like, okay, I have to, like, type it all out in command line. You get, like, a little thing, and it's yeah. like, okay, I want to do this type of attack on this address or server or node or whatever it is that you're doing. And, you know, you just hit start, and then it does the thing. And, it, you know, that's that's helpful instead of having to type all that shit out. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Like, I mean, there might be some real tools that do that. I wouldn't be surprised if there are at this point. Or, but, you know, that's just not something that you're used to used to seeing anywhere yeah i was just I uh, well at least there is. wasn't uh, anything that just said enhance <laughs> oh you oh you got me that would have been awesome like if they'd made a joke about that during one of the training sections mm-hmm. or something all right now enhance <laughs> and then it's like there's a pause and there's like ha 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 yeah that's not real <laughs> um speaking of which the voice acting in this game yeah the voice acting was actually really good really good I, I was expecting uh, you know it sound like them reading off of a script but no it was actually I was impressed with it it's high quality audio it's very well produced I don't know if they got some actual voice actors to do it I'm or not if they sure either the time to- I do know that it started to tie in with one of their other titles uh, in a, uh, a combined universe or ex- extended universe thing because they were talking about uh the da, da, now i'm going to their page uh the black watchman group the black watchman yeah that's uh their other t- uh, that's one of their other games uh so gotcha. so it's tying into a uh a combined universe i'm not sure if going down the campaign it uh, it's uh like uh, this is another story in a larger universe or not uh but their other game is mentioned by title yeah, and it's it, they they do have a bundle which includes its nineteen four, so it wouldn't be uh, surprising that there's a combined story there, or you know at least elements uh, from an overarching story. Yeah, um, I was when honestly like I, I it looked good on the screenshots and stuff, but I was just expecting to be like, okay, this is going to be like a decently well produced indie game. Mm-hmm. You know, they're showing yeah. off some of the best shots in the screenshot. And then when the game launched, I was like, oh, well, this is, yeah, it, they actually put a lot of work into this. This looks really well done. Yeah, it is very well done. Uh, probably my biggest gripe UI-wise is the font. And it's time for my nitpick of the week. There's just okay, times got- that it's very hard for me to, well, for one, to read because it's a little tiny on my screen. Uh, I, there's probably something in the options menus that I've missed to be able to uh, make that not. larger. Okay, there's not. There's not. Those, okay. op- those options menus are very sparse. But this is also an early access title. The other thing about the font is that sometimes it's a little hard to uh, tell if there's a space or not. And for some of those yep. commands, yep. Uh, that makes a lot of difference. And yeah, it's like I said, it's a nitpick. But in a way, it isn't because, you know, there's a lot of reading. There's a lot of uh, typing in this game. So be able to actually read what you're doing uh, correctly. Yeah, uh, it does help. Yep. My biggest my biggest gripe, my like main, I don't know if you call it nitpick or whatever, is that this game doesn't have multi-monitor support. 
Uh, like I, I'm sitting here like. Uh, well, I actually brought that up, and then I accidentally uh, there is a virtual multi monitor support uh, that they don't cover at all. Okay. <laughs> okay. When you say virtual multi monitor, okay. Do you uh, mean- uh, uh, Okay, uh, go to one of the screenshots. Uh, just for uh, comparison, say second screenshot. Uh, it has the file browser on it, that sort of thing. Okay. Those squares to the right, those are virtual multi monitors. Yes. Okay. Nope. I got you there. I yep. I accidentally I accidentally activated that, and uh, that's the closest the game gets. But yeah, yeah it definitely I discovered could, that. Yeah, it definitely could like use it. proper multi monitor support and make the UI bigger. Yeah, I'm sitting here going, you know, if I was doing this job for real, I would have two or three or a whole bank of monitors to just have all of this shit pulled up at the same time all the time. Mm-hmm. Why can't I use both of my monitors? Designate one as a primary where I'm like mostly doing stuff on and then throwing other shit off to the side because it's like scrolling or, you know, going back and forth between the vol- virtual monitors mm-hmm. and trying to like have multiple tabs up. Yeah, and, and like some, and some, copy window- and paste. Yeah, some of them windows allow you to do that. Some of them don't. And it's a little arbitrary yeah. on what uh, windows allow that. Yeah, yep. there was a couple times that I wanted to copy and paste a long command and just do it on another, or yeah, set it up for, for especially the search engine tool where it, you know, it could take a while. Yeah. Uh, I tried to do that against multiple things, and it was kind of hilarious. I was trying different uh, uh, ones, like uh, DuckDuckGo didn't work, but Yahoo did. <laughs> yep, Yahoo, Bing, Google, Ask Jeeves. Uh, I Google. didn't get. I didn't try Ask Jeeves just because they said uh, you know, it went or or, or you know, it was uh, something old like Ask Jeeves wouldn't be that useful. But then again, who, who knows, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> Web crawler, web crawler didn't work. <laughs> but I was, uh, what was, and then what's the one with the dog? Is, is was it just dog.com or was it? I don't remember that dig. one. It was it was a search into a little dog, and you it was like he was digging in the ground, and you mm-hmm. search into the. I don't know. I didn't try it. I just that just popped into my head right now. But yeah, it was interesting, and sometimes you'd get different results from different ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff that I liked the most, and this is probably more of that procedurally generated content in the, what's that mode called? Uh, I don't recall what the uh, multiplayer know. mode is, uh, but uh, essentially uh, players could generate missions uh, and uh, just load them up to basically what's the workshop and the workshop uh, generates a mission every so often for the, uh, uh, for the single player campaign. And there, it looks like there's some sort of almost uh, watchdogs-esque uh a system where people could break into your single player campaign. Yeah. But I didn't get um, far enough to be able to activate that. But what I liked the most, honestly, was the more free form. Like a couple of the training missions were more free form. It's like, okay, do the thing, figure out how to do the thing. And it's like, okay, I'm going to do the thing. And then I could do stuff my own way. Yeah. And some of the tools uh, are kind of mirror what you could do. Like some of them are, uh, especially the dictionary attack and the search engine attack. Both of those are essentially the same idea, but a different way of approaching it. And I like to uh, be able to have that freedom. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then you start getting into tools that's not explained at all or barely explained. And some of the advanced functions are just you know, there. Yeah. So it's just a case of the tutorials not being fully in place. Yeah. They definitely need much more tutorials. And regardless, they should walk you through the entire first mission. Mm-hmm. 
um, like or have you know, like, or or have a full t- or have a final training mission where it's a you know a fairly full investigation. Yeah, that would be nice with hints or something mm-hmm. to help you out. Because that first mission, they don't tell you how to do not in any of the tutorials. They don't tell you how to do one of the things in the first mission. It's like you get the guy's ID, and it's like okay, you need his address, his IP address to to break into his phone. Oh, uh, the Mac address. Yeah, you need the Mac address. And I'm like, well, how do I find that? <laughs> Which one of these tools lets me find that? And it took me forever to Yeah, it took to me a bit it. to find it. it. Yeah. So. But that may just be a case of uh, the developer knowing the game a little bit more than what, well, a lot more than what we do. So, uh, it, you know, uh, that bias of being able to know exactly how to handle everything, but not be able to explain it that well. Yeah. Oh, overall, and this is more of a first impression because neither of us. You you said you got through all of the tutorials. Yeah, I got through. You're on yeah, what mission? I was in the third chapter. Okay. Uh, which so, I have no idea how much of the uh, game story is actually in, uh, in it so far, but uh, like I said, I got hung up on having to do a uh, essentially a Bitcoin transaction, which I had no idea how to do, and uh, especially not in the game. Yeah, and then I got through about half of the tutorials. Um, I did the basic tutorial and then like the first advanced series of tutorials. Yeah, to the advanced uh, stuff uh, focuses more on files. Yeah, which uh, um, doesn't help as much. So I did those and then the first mission. Um, but overall, like, what what do you think about it? Uh, it's definitely a very niche title. Uh, but overall, I liked it. It's just I'm not. It's one of those games that. I'm not quite sure it's for me, but I could appreciate that it's well done. Yeah. Um, I quite liked it. It is a very niche title, but it shows a lot of promise. And you can tell that they've put a lot of work in so far. Um, and yes, it's got some areas that are a little bit lacking, particularly the tutorials um, and some of the in-game tools needing better explanations. But it's a great start. And I think that if they keep you know, developing it with as much care as they have so far. This is going to be a great game for someone who likes this sort of thing. If you don't like this sort of thing, if you don't like complicated games, if you, you know, if computer code makes you like cry and hide in the corner, this is not a game for you. But if you find that stuff interesting or you already have some basic interest or knowledge in it and want to learn a little bit more, but not quite have to go full blown, like into hacking. um, It's a great, it's great for that. I really enjoyed my time with it, and I'm going to play it some more now that I feel better. Uh, maybe this weekend, um, but definitely in the next couple of weeks uh, with Game Club coming up, I really need to get some more time in Dwarf Fortress, but in the yeah, near spe- future... Yeah, I'm speaking be of this- uh, complex games that require a lot of Googling. <laughs> yeah. In the near future, though, I'm going to be playing this a lot more. I mean, according to uh, this, it's going to be a pretty quick early access title. Uh, eight to ten weeks with four main up- uh, updates. Then a main season content update plus two open world events. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the open world because they hint at a lot more going on there, but it's mainly focused on the campaign so far. Yeah. Uh, but be, Definitely. Uh, but be able to you know, find things. Uh, that's something, uh, was it uh, Hack.net? Or, uh, there was another hacking game on Steam that 
Uh, it kind of just threw you into the deep end. It was a little bit more on the simulator side, but had a fair amount of sci-fi elements. Where, uh, in order, was it the game where you actually had to learn how to code? I think so. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the name of it. Uh, yeah, and I'll try to search on Steam, and I'm getting uh, the website crashing. That's not uh, that's not promising. <laughs> yep, that's not good. I mean, YouTube crashed yesterday, though. So uh, maybe know, people are dogs ha- living together, all that jazz. Yeah, maybe somebody's hacking Steam right now. I'm going to say hack.net or hacknet. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, if it's not this one, it's another one. Uh, and uh, searching uh, Steam hacking, uh, I found a lot of people that's been, ha- uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> fished. <laughs> Is it hacked hentai prison? <laughs> uh, let's go with no. Oh. Um. And the hacking t- uh, uh, tag on Steam is very uh, lackluster. And I, I strongly uh, uh, disagree that Watchdog should be on that. That's more sonic screwdriver hacking. Yeah. But yeah, uh, there was another one that uh, was uh, just you go out there and uh, find the story yourself. And there was a lot of uh, options to be able to go into various uh, uh Groups that you probably shouldn't. And there was also a, a bit of moral choice to be able to do various things to help or hinder. So uh, it would be interesting to see them uh, go that route, but I'm not sure if they're going to. Yeah. But hey, RimWorld's out right now. <laughs> There's a big banner for that. <laughs> Ooh. Sarcasm? Yes. I mean, eventually, one day I'll play RimWorld. I oh, don't worry. I'll, 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 I'll force I it. Like. I'll force it on you on uh, Game Club after you force me to play <laughs> Factorio. We can do back to backs. I'll even do Rimworld first. Gonna adjust in my. Nah, I probably wouldn't want to do that. I think I'll end a palate cleanser after uh, Factorio. Fair play. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for the games we have played. This yeah, week. and right at the hour yeah. mark. Indeed. So, I forgot to clear out the stuff from Discovery Queue last week. I'm going to do that right quick and then move along to uh, the first. So, so we do believe do with the week. Discovery Queue. <laughs> we do believe don't. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, first up is Totinos. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so this is more of just like a fluffy, funny news piece yeah, that uh, you found yeah this was showed up on my youtube feed from sid alpha a uh, game uh, journalist that i follow on the youtubes uh, and he was talking about a debacle with Totinos, and i thought what debacle i haven't heard anything about this so i clicked on it and it was just hilarious so assassin's creed odyssey because it's a triple a game has to have a tie-in with some sort of junk food, because that seems to be a thing now for AAA gaming. And it's been a thing for a while. Back from the Dorito and Mountain Dew days. What, the Dorito Pope? Yeah, but now there's lots of different uh, tie-ins. But anyway, uh, Assassin's Creed Odysseys is with Totino's Pizza Rolls. And they have it where you could pu- uh, put in codes to unlock uh, weapons, uh, to get boosters, because, you know, you definitely need the boosters to be able to enjoy that game, it seems, right? 
Uh-huh. Uh, and don't also, get me started again. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We may be getting you started with this one. The fact that Boosters is part of a giveaway. Uh, but uh, also there's an Xbox and, in, you know, uh, the various prizes. Uh, but the funny thing about this is that uh, Titinos, in their infinite wisdom, put the unique one-time use, definitely shouldn't be seen by the public code, on the outside of the package. Yes, the outside. Where people could see the code, take photo of code, go home, or hell, not even have to go home, but type it in while they're standing there in the freezer at the Walmart or whatever store, and use said code, and then put the package back. Yep. What the fuck, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh... Th- th- this was something I had to... I-, I-, I thought the YouTuber that said Alpha, you know, it was some sort of joke that, you know, this was, you know, him making fun of uh, just general... uh uh, these tie-ins, and that you know, th- th- this wasn't real. So I went digging. It's real. Grant, I wasn't able to go to a store to be able to confirm it because the stores around me they don't have uh, Totina's pizza rolls because the only place that's really selling food right now is just a little taller store. But yeah, it just was mind blowing. Yeah, and I mean the video that Sid Alpha put up is only like five minutes long. But one point that he makes that I kind of agree with, it's still stupid, but I, you know, it's like Ubisoft is just relying on Totino's or whoever their parent company is to, you know, to, to get it done and to do it right. And they're still probably using the same machinery that they used to make and package this stuff from 20 or 30 years ago. And so this is just how they've always done it. And this is the first time, or at least the first time anybody's noticed, like, Oh, hey, that's really stupid that you put a digital code on the outside of the box. But used to, you would have had to have cut it out and mailed it in or, to get your... Oh, usually when they had this sort of thing is there's an insert. Yeah. You know, uh, just a I've little cardboard thing that you know it gets put into the package and that's it. The fact that they're not running that when each of those is you know, a fraction of a cent is just you know, mind-boggling. But see, I mean, when it comes to assembly line produced things, even a minor change like that. True. I, I mean, require, I, hey, I've played Gunsmith. I know this. Yeah. Could require. Or Factorio you know, or, you know, any of your uh, assembly line uh, uh, games. You know, I understand that it's a massive change, but, you know, that would have been uh, the cost of setting that up would have been covered in the contract, I would assume. Or do you think this yeah. is just the fact that Totinus is trying to cheap out on the contract? Yeah. And just uh, going by the letter of whatever uh, you know terms are, are being covered, and not the spirit of it, of you know actually running it in an intelligent fashion. It'd be hilarious if whoever won the grand prize, the Xbox or you know whatever prizes there are, never even bought a, a single package. <laughs> yeah, because I mean that's like the grand prize is the Xbox One X with the copy of the game and everything. Which that's kind so of a just like kind of a lowball uh, grand prize, isn't it, for something like this? Yeah, I mean it's not that would that would be between seven eight hundred dollars. They might throw in some extra stuff and call it a thousand dollars. A year of Xbox. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's not great. It's not terrible as a first prize, though. So, 
I'm just saying, I'm trying to bring up the rule. It would help if I typed Tatinos, right? Huh. Because I just wanted to see what the other prizes were. So, yeah, just to get for full uh, transparency. There we go. Assassin's Creed. Uh, sweepstakes. No purchase necessary, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> that brings a whole new meaning to that phrase. Yeah, let's see. Um, okay. Um, I, I, I just found it hilarious. No purchase necessary on highlighted Google. Um, there's 20 grand prizes. Each pr uh, grand prize winner will receive the following package. Xbox One X game console. Xbox One Gold Edition Digital Code of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, so they don't even get a physical copy. An event-exclusive helmet, <laughs> a Spartan shield, a Ubisoft hoodie, and a signet ring and puzzle box. Approximate uh, retail value $770. And there's 20 of them. Yeah. That sounds about right. So, not the best price, not the worst. Uh, the I fact mean, I'm that not going to go buy any pizza rolls. <laughs> At least for this. If they were on bagel bites, that's a different story. Uh, the fact that, uh, okay, here's something. Uh, um, one of the prizes is a, is a copy of the game itself, but people are buying these for boosters and stuff. So, yeah. uh, th that would, uh, you know, stand to reason that people would have this game to begin with, wouldn't it? Probably. Probably. But, you know, I could see some kids, like, trying to get it. Like, Mom, buy me some pizza rolls. I want to get the Assassin's Creed. Okay, honey, I know you like the pizza rolls. <laughs> we'll get some pizza rolls, and then maybe you can get that video game. I'd much rather spend $3 on a box of pizza rolls and $60 on a video game. Never mind the fact that, you know, the odds of getting the game itself is, you know... Pretty low. You, you, you have a better chance of getting struck by lightning. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> if... It, it, for a lot of competitions, like, if you enter... Lots of them. You stand a decent chance to win stuff because you're just sort of playing against the the, the odds, mm -hmm. and and you don't go for like the big giant competitions like this. You go for smaller ones. I won a bunch of shit doing this in college when you know I had all the free time in the world. I read something about somebody. Yeah, doing were this you? Online and I'm yeah, like, were you living in somebody's closet at the time, or was that a different documentary? <laughs> no, that was a different document. There's a documentary about somebody doing that. Uh, no, there. Uh, and now I'm blanking on the name of the damn uh, movie. Uh, the, uh, uh, was the one with the uh, laser? Real genius. Uh, one of the subplots was a guy that was in the college beforehand. He was living in this guy's closet in this, like, secret passage. And he would just constantly send off uh, sweepstakes entries <laughs> to different things. <laughs> I no, I no, I've never seen or heard of that, but that's amazing. And no, I did and he that actually in and he caught and he calculated that uh, running all these machines, he would win approximately sixty some percent of the prizes. <laughs> and at the end of the movie, he shows up in this motorhome that he won, <laughs> uh, with nice. a trailer of uh, just random shit. Yeah, I won a bunch of stuff doing it. Uh, probably like. I don't know how many I entered, 150 or so. I won maybe 25 or 30 things. 
And it was like pair of branded socks or oh, oh Dan Pross right there for you plates. Yeah, you know, like or, or a set of like cups and bowls or. I mean, I enter stuff every so often just as a yeah you know, a lark, but usually it's like the Amazon giveaways. Yeah, uh, I want to. Uh, and somehow I ended up on tobacco uh, mailing list, so I just ended up. Uh, all right, fine. You bug me enough, I uh, sign up. Actually, uh, this week, uh, from one of the tobacco companies, I won thirty bucks on uh, movie rentals online, uh, streaming movie rentals. So yeah, that's nice. That it was a choice of either uh, that or thirty bucks versus uh, two uh, two showings of a movie, which honestly, yeah, that would wouldn't even be close to thirty bucks. It was uh, thirty dollars uh, towards two purchases, and I'd just be going my, by myself. So yeah. It made more sense to just get the streaming uh, movie deal. I was have to just send it to you, but I thought, nah, I'll be greedy on this one. That's fine. You sent me tons of red box codes over the the years. So. Yeah, actually, I got one last weekend, and I forgot to send it to you. Now that I think about it. That's okay. I'll send um, you the next yeah. one uh, because getting to a red box right now, it's a. Bit of a hobble for me. I mean, there is one within hobble distance of me, but it's not worth it. Especially when I could just stream them. You know, I got 30 bucks towards uh, movie rentals for the next, like, eight months uh, to use it in. That's a hell of a lot of movies. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I never won anything great. I, 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 went, I won, like, a $5 Amazon gift card or something like that once. I won... <laughs> Probably the best thing I ever won was I got a whole box. Like, it had 500 dumb, dumb suckers in it. <laughs> that was great. I was real popular because of that for a little while. Um, But, yeah. Anyways. Uh, but, but, yeah, the, the fact that... <laughs> this is just so stupid, though, huh? I mean, yeah. I mean just... It's one of those things that it's like an intern sent it up and they didn't realize digital codes. Yeah. And there was uh, people talking about it on the Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, subreddit trying to figure out, you know, how this happened. Like, uh, why they didn't set it up this particular way. And there was one person chiming in that they actually have the machines to be able to print on the inside of it, of the bag for various uh, uh, safety uh, protocols. You know, uh, uh, lot numbers and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, uh, and they don't have a clue why they didn't include that in there as well. So who knows? Sounds just like a big debacle, a, d- a big fuck up. But yeah. hey, at least it's one that we can laugh at on Assassin's Creed Odyssey because we'll be coming back to this later. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, moving on then to our next news topic of the night: Command and Conquer is getting a remaster. And that might not be all. So, so should I go get s- some popcorn? I, it's, I mean, I'm not going to go for super long. But for you know, for me, I'm a big fan of the old Command & Conquer games. Um, just the mainline Command & Conquer, the Red Alert series, the Generals series. I have played most, if not all of them. Even like several of the ones that were on console, like play- PS1 and N64. Like I've played most, if not all of them. And when they announced the at E3 the Command and Conquer mobile game, I was very disappointed. Yeah, I wish sad. I had you on voice chat to hear that because I could only imagine 
uh, the cursing. And, you know, I don't expect uh, anything Grant, less Grant and from I, EA. Grant, I think uh, we both would have been uh, wishing for death because we would have been watching that in real time, both of us, instead of just be suffering through that. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't expect anything less from EA other than to fuck up things that we all enjoyed from our past. Oh, no, no, don't forget so, killing things. Don't forget killing. Are they, they're good at the killing. Too. But uh, apparently, there have been enough people that have complained on the internet. They're telling everyone, okay, we hear you. We will remaster the old games. Well, well, they haven't said them. it definitively. They, uh, it sounds like they're wanting feedback on the uh, cel- on the 25th anniversary celebration in 2020. Yeah. But I mean, it, they're making it. I'm. They're going to remaster it. Yeah, let's be uh, honest. They're going to do it would that. Be, they know it would that be a, sh- a. It would be a shock if they didn't do something. Yeah, it'd be some easy money. Just upres the textures. Um, if they've got them, uh, redo the old uh, live action scenes. Uh, make those playable at higher resolutions. But they were always pretty decent quality, anyways. Um, even by like the late 90s early 2000s you could get some pretty decent um resolution resolutions out of those videos so and i mean they were all on pc anyway so easy squeezy lemon peasy and they know that they could just make a bunch of money from people like me who would drool all over that shit unless they put microtransactions in it well they promised let's be honest i expect them to but they promised ea wouldn't go back on a promise would they I don't believe them as far as I could throw any of them. I don't believe them as far as I could throw the the corporate headquarters, which is nowhere because it's very heavy. But almost yeah, like it's a it's building or something. Almost, but if they put microtransactions in it, I'm out. Fuck you. I've still got copies of some of my old ones on disc that I could play um, and do some modding or you know some I and I hackery and get it running at modern resolutions no problem so if you're gonna put microtransactions and shit in them i'm done but uh there seems to be some indication that they're gonna do something no, 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 else no, no, wait, the wait, i just had a thought no my, uh, they won't have proper microtransactions instead as you play the game instead of building units you're uh, acquiring loot boxes that open up for random units i'm making a really unhappy face right now <laughs> which is great for audio podcast that that because of the uh, truncate silence, that like four or five second pause is going to get cut down. <laughs> but there was like a five second pause there, and I'm just like making a very grumpy face at my computer screen. At you, I'm staring at caffeine rage on Discord and making a very grumpy face at you. Because that I honestly I wouldn't put it past them to do some bullshit like that. But anyways, or at least in the, the, uh, the or in the mobile version of it, because you know there will yeah. be a mobile version as well. Oh, there there already is one, and it sucks. Actually, there have been a couple of mobile Command and Conquer games in the past that tried to do the RTS thing with touchscreen. Like, oh, I'm gonna say like five or six years ago, and they were, eh, they were okay. I mean, they were better than what we just recently got, but low bar. Uh, they were just. They were just, eh. So, but, that, like, the last thing of that sentence is, you know, they want your feedback uh, on blah, 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 get to the end. Our current thoughts for PC and what comes next. So, yeah, but the potentially, pr- they'll make a PC, a new PC game. I'll go, gr- granted, 
even if they do that, even if they're like, holy shit, there's a market for this, we can make some money, I expect them to completely fuck it up well, with microtransactions. Or the and- reason why I have little faith whenever they put out the uh, yeah, uh, mass feedback, give us your thoughts, I could, t- I could sum that up into two words uh, while the general consistence, uh, the general population on the internet, uh, you shouldn't listen to them blindly. Boating McBugface. <laughs> but I like Bodie McBugface. Yeah, but the fact that that's everything now. Yeah, you know, something Mc, uh, something face. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, I just have I have little faith in EA to begin with. Uh, and to have uh, this beloved franchise. Uh, yeah, I I don't trust them. Uh, I trust them even uh, less than you could throw them. Yeah. That's not very far. No, it isn't. And uh, the fact that EA likes to meddle, all right? They like to tutorial with things. Sometimes that's a good thing. But when you're remaking something, no. Usually whenever you're selling a remaster, it's because the old version of that it's very difficult to run. It's very ugly these days. So people typically want just a remaster, a upgrade of the graphics. Maybe, maybe a little bit streamlining on the UI if it's a little bit cumbersome. But what I fully expect here is that EA will, in the middle of all the remastering and everything else, they'll start tweaking little things here and there just little changes which will add up and add up and add up to a bigger balance changes and uh, their older rts games play very differently from starcraft 2 which is you know kind of like the definitive rts these days and i think that ea will eventually try to turn this into something that it wasn't. And like I said, I just don't trust him to not fuck it up. I don't trust him to not screw it up. Yeah. Granted, I don't have the history with the Command and Conquer series that you do. I played, I think I played one of the Red Alert games, not one of the Command and Conquer games. Which I realized, yeah, they're kind of, uh, they're kind of the same, but they're kind of not. That makes any sense. I'm sure you could give me the exact uh, breakdown. On what? Uh, on the uh, difference between Command and Conquer and Red Alert. Yeah, I mean, they play basically the same. It's just too... Command and Conquer is their sort of sci-fi... Like, the original was sci-fi set in the distant future of 1990-something. <laughs> 1990X. Came out. Yeah, it was, it was like 1998 or 1999, something like that. Because the first game came out in, like, 1991. <laughs> um... <laughs> And it's it's sci-fi, like this mysterious crystal shows up on the planet and it's destroying our environment, but it's like, has a ton of energy and, you know, there's two basic, like, there's the first world and there's the third world and they become pitted against each other. And the first world is like the EU and America and whatnot and they're like, we'll be fine. And the third world is pretty much everywhere else and they're like, we're fucked, all of the crystals are spawning here and killing all of us. And so it's like a guerrilla force versus like a high-tech futuristic force wait we're fighting apes 
<laughs> and then Red Alert is like an alternate history sort of thing that focuses more on, you know, present and real day governments and situations. But it's like, what if someone invented time travel and we went back in time and we killed Hitler? What does that do? Well, what if we invent time travel and then we went back and killed like Stalin? Or what? If, and it's like each of the games is like, well, what if we did that? Um, yeah, and, and then we learn some, uh, why you don't go back and kill Hitler, right? Yeah, there's some spinoffs. One of the games, I think it's Red Alert 2, Yuri's Revenge, is like they go back too far in time. And they're like, oh, fuck, there's dinosaurs everywhere. we got to kill all the dinosaurs <laughs> and like build a base and fix our time machine and go back uh, in the fu- to the future. And it's like, it, they were both ridiculously silly, but Red Alert was more silly than Command and Conquer. Um, and they just, like, they took the piss out of it. And it was great. All of those little comedic one-liners and scenes. And, I mean, like a situation where they go back in time too far and they have to fight dinosaurs. It's like, well, all right, I guess that's what we're doing now. And it's, like, they never take themselves too seriously. That's I started with Red Alert, uh, and then I went back and played... Um, Command and Conquer, and then I played them both forward up to the modern day. I haven't played Command and Conquer Four, Kane's Revenge, Kane's or Wrath, whatever. Or Kane's Revenge, or whatever. I haven't played that one. I've heard it's pretty universally bad, and that's the most modern one that they've made. So yeah, EA's gonna totally fuck it up. I mean, the but, fact that they couldn't even make a proper RTS—it sounded like it was all built around a mobile uh, moving base. Yeah. Those were introduced in Command and Conquer 3? Or Red Alert 3? I don't remember. But the, the mobile bases were a cool concept, but it was in addition to the traditional RTS stuff. And it was like a unit you could build and send it around the map um, for extra zone control. But, yeah. Love me some Command and Conquer. Some Red Alert. You mean you're not excited they- for them to remake it? <laughs> I mean, if they do a remake or a remaster and they just do that, they just do that. No microtransactions, no changes, or maybe have like the old, like a lot of games will do this. They'll have like the classic one that's just like got the up-res textures or whatever, and then they'll have one that they've tweaked. And it's like, which version do you want to play? Because they did that with, uh, well, no, with Homeworld Remaster, they put everything in the Homeworld 2 uh, style. But that was good because Homeworld Two was better than Homeworld One in terms of. Or have it where, uh, like uh, Tales from Monkey Island, where you were able to go in between the different graphic settings. So uh, they had the more modern sort of pseudo hand drawn uh, style, but then you had the option to go to the uh, pixel art from the original game that's just been uppressed. Or, you know, yeah. uh, been refined to work at modern resolution so it's not blurry. Uh, do something yeah. like that where you could have the uh, original looking game or a more modern take on it or a more uprest version of it. But yeah. once again, EA. Yep. I would like it if they took everything and put it in like the Red Alert 2 interface. That one was always my favorite. Because with Command and Conquer Three, that was their first console port, and so they started doing the radial menus and stuff. So, anyway, yeah, that's that's about all I have for that. So I'll tell you, I say about that, 
that's all I've got to say about that. Um, moving on to our final news topic. Uh, a division developer says being openly political in games is bad for business. Well, you should say the division. The division developer. Uh, yeah, Ubisoft. A developer of the division says that. Um, and you know what? He's not wrong. I will give him that. Yeah, well, I mentioned it during pre-gaming. The fact that Bethesda is viewed as left-leaning now because during the Wolfenstein, I think it was Wolfenstein 2's uh, pre-release marketing, they said, make America Nazi-free again. Yeah. That's viewed as left-wing now? What the fuck? Really? I know. I, I mean... I know. I mean... When I was going through this article and was looking at some of the comments and uh, seeing people talking about uh, Bethesda being left-leaning, I-, I was just flabbergasted about the reasoning. Yeah, I would say most game companies are more left-leaning. Not all of them, but most of them are. Um, well, I'm pretty sure, you know, uh, but uh, the developer of uh, Make America Great Again, uh, again the Trump presidency, is uh, you know, definitely left-leaning. <laughs> um, and at least that and that was at least at one point a game on Steam I'm not sure if it's still there actually but anyways this guy's not wrong typically talking about politics is bad for your business oh look it no still is there your sorry is, you're fine but uh, the only reason that's the case is because politics is one of those things that's so taboo to talk about you don't talk about politics you don't talk about religion you don't talk about how much money you make. There's a few other things you don't talk about. But it's like, the only reason that it's taboo is because we don't talk about it. And I'm the fact that proponent. it's so divisive now. I'm a big proponent of open conversations about things. Wait, you? Humans are going to disagree. Yeah, I know. I, I was about to say, you? Open discussions about things? No, get out of here. Human beings are going to disagree about a great many things. And in general, that's fine. We've got a problem if it's like, if we disagree on it, it's like, murder is wrong. Well, you know what? Murder's a good thing. I'm going to go kill people on the street. Like, okay, we've got a problem here. Or there's but a difference between things, murder is wrong and self-defense. Yeah, but most things, there's not exactly a right and a wrong way. Just as long as everybody's able to discuss things and get along and, and do what works best for them. And you're not hurting other people. In general, that's a pretty good way for most people to get through life. But not talking about these things, making them taboo, makes it so that every time you bring them up, everyone's going to think you're crazy or an asshole or you're exclusively one way or the other. And And politics are complex, just like people are complex. And I have a lot of things that... I would, I'm sure I would disagree with, with even some of our viewers. Like, it's came up before when we brought up politics in the past and over the last couple of years. And that's fine. I am openly willing to talk about my political beliefs and views and value system, just as long as we can have an open and honest conversation about that. And if we make that more the norm, instead of being something that's going to hurt business, that's going to hurt, you know, whatever then we'll have a lot less problems because we'll start to walk back that to taboo status on discussing politics. I hate it that it's bad for business, despite the fact that politics are something that come up in any form of entertainment 
or artistic medium, period, because humans have value systems and political beliefs. We can put politics in movies and in books and in paintings and other works of art, no problem. Um, most movies have a political message if you really want to like dig into it and look at it. And most games do too. But talking about it is like, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. These are these are video games. It's gonna one, it's gonna hurt our bottom line, and number two, like well, video games being a medium that can promote discussion. No, we can't do that. Well, it's because of how video games are viewed, uh, at least in the West, as still a children's toy. Yeah, I mean we, and that's changing. I, I, I mean, we had a article in the docket talking about how. Call of Duty is has children's hoodies. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? That's fine. I mean, it's not really, because Call of Duty shouldn't be played by children. That should be played by adults. But you know what? That's fine. If they're going to do go that marketing route, whatever. There's worse things that kids could wear or be into than Call of Duty. But, you know, like, my dad finally, for the first time, was like, you know what? You're probably going to play video games for the rest of your life, aren't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, Dad. That's my hobby. You used to go fishing and hunting, and uh, I play video games. And I talk to clients all the time about playing video games. And they're like, oh, no, God, you know, kid, video games or whatever for kids. And I'm like, let me ask you a question. Like, I, I do this with people all the time. It's like, do you have a problem sitting in front of the TV, watching TV? They're like, no, I'll watch TV like two or three hours a day. I was like, okay, do you do anything while you watch? Uh, you know, I eat or drink or whatever. I just watch TV. I'm like, okay, now imagine that you're interacting with your TV. You're you're doing stuff with it. You're, you know, going on adventures. Like, almost like you're visually experiencing going through a book. I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. It's like, well, that's video games. Video games are an active medium that are great for keeping someone's brain active and do a lot more to deal with depression and anxiety than just watching TV does. It's like I explain that to people all the time. And I've converted quite a few like hardcore TV watchers to gamers in in my clinic. Oh, so you're so, a gateway drug. I am. I'm a gateway drug. But it's like we should be able to talk about things in video games. Because video games are a great, interesting, unique perspective that doesn't exist anywhere in any other form of medium. And the fact that you get to directly interact and make choices about things. Or it could allow you to experience things that you otherwise couldn't. I mean, we have another story on the docket talking about Sonya's sacrifice and how that could give someone insight on how schizophrenia feels. Yeah. And and you can't really do that with anything else because you don't get to experience it the same way. Even reading a book is probably the closest in terms of how it activates areas of your brain. But a video game is is much more interactive than even that. So... Politics belong in games. Not every game has to be political. I'm not saying every game should be political. Just like not every movie or TV show or book is political or religious or whatever. But that stuff belongs in games just like it does in any other medium. And the fact that we can't talk about it, that we ostracize and, you know, attack or berate companies for making political statements is just bullshit. We don't really do that with movies anymore. Every once in a while, something comes out and people are like, oh my god, what the fuck is wrong with you for putting that in this movie? Yeah, but, but it's far... Very yeah, often. yeah, it's 
far more common for it to be in a game, uh, that uh, yeah. controversy. In books, nobody gives a shit about books anymore. Well, I'm sure. Write whatever you want. Well, I'm sure when the printing anywhere. press was invented, yeah, uh, people were talking about how it's bad for the children to be able to read. The Scarlet Letter. <laughs> I mean, and yeah, the, you know, mediums have had their controversies, and I'm sure in another decade or two or three, you know, I don't know exactly how long, but eventually we'll hit this point where this isn't an issue anymore. But in the here and now, this is an issue, and it stupid it makes me mad like just everyone be adults and talk about shit talk about politics talk about religion tell people how much money you make it's fine we're all just humans getting along trying to muddle our way through this life together and our differences are wonderful and we can all help each other out in some way if we're just open and honest and work together that and that's yeah slash rant Boy, I wasn't expecting you to uh, get triggered like this. <laughs> I mean, I knew there was going to be I knew there was going to be a discussion, especially when it came up with politics, but damn. <laughs> I get passionate about things, man. I get passionate well, about things. Well, I do think this is a, a bit of a symptom of AAA games having to be the not really the lowest common denominator, but be as uh, generally appealing as possible. Uh, and like you said, politics as Especially in the U.S., where yeah, voter turnout even on the big elections, on the on the presidential elections, is less than fifty percent, something like forty some percent. Yeah. Uh, and seeing people actively d- trying to discourage people from voting that I'm pretty sure aren't yeah Russian troll bots is just disheartening. <laughs> so I could definitely see. The, uh, yeah, uh, where they're coming from, where they're saying being openly political and, uh, them talking about, uh, it's also bad for business. Unfortunately, if you want the honest truth, it, uh, but it's interesting and it is a discussion that we have. And, uh, boy, he has so many ends in this quote, doesn't he? And it's going to, uh, be an ongoing discussion. We have to, uh, we have with our users, of course, because people want to put, interpretation into the universe that we create and that we want to have the, have them to see their own reality and the fancies that we give them and the stories that the games are. So they are talking about having politics in games, but not being at the centerpiece. And maybe this is part of the reason why I've uh, looked at indie games more where they're willing to take the risk. They're willing to be controversial and sometimes overtly so to the point that they're offensive is probably not the proper term for it, but you know, uh, uh, being just so blatant and uh, with their message that it loses all substance and it's get and it gets lost uh, just in the uh, mixture of uh, you know, everything else where, Hey, look at me. I'm trying to be this, right? Yeah. So I definitely see where they're talking about how there has to be a balance where you can't be openly political because there's just so much money on the line with these uh, major games. But then again, Ubisoft is also in a position where they have their indie division or indie and kind of star caps and quotes where it's more double A. But even then, that's more uh, things like uh, Valiant Hearts was a really good example of that where it ta- it took a look at things where uh, you don't really see a lot of games uh, uh, 
uh, uh, focus in the First World War, talking about the trench warfare and how, you know, the, the both sides suffered uh, greatly in that war because of just how it was a meeting of modern machine versus old uh, tactics. And uh, military tactics hadn't really advanced, so both armies suffered greatly because of it. Yeah. But they weren't overt in saying that because that was the backdrop of a more personal story. Which, you know, is kind of highlighting their point where, yes, they are political in their games. Sometimes to the point of being a little bit silly when they start changing history. You know, like making the Spartans and the newest Assassin's Creed being uh, a little less um, Spartan. <laughs> yeah. Which is just silly. I mean, it's literally the root of the word Spartan. The, uh, the origin of the phrase. And you have them being grandiose warriors. <laughs> uh, oh, Ubisoft. Oh, Ubisoft. Uh, but... Uh, there is definitely politics in uh, AAA gaming. It's just they don't want to take the risk. They don't want to anger the Twitter mob. And modern politics in the last, let's say, five years has gotten so nasty, so bitter one team against the other that I definitely understand why they don't want to wade into it. Yeah, U.S. politics is the worst for that. It's in other places, too, but... U.S. politics is definitely the worst. I mean, we're just straight up, literally red versus blue in the United States, and not and, it's and like, not it's, and we're like, and we're fighting over a box canyon. Yeah, <laughs> and it's literally took, though, took you a moment to get I mean, that one. <laughs> it, it took me a second. I was ready to go with my next thought, and then I had to stop. And they were for a like, second, "Wait but, a minute." <laughs> no, it's but it's literally like a sports team. Like it doesn't matter if someone on your team is. Or lots of people on your team are terrible. It's like, yeah, that's my team. Woo, go team. And it's it's terrible. But the consolation for that is pretty soon, in the next decade or so, all those bastards are going to die. And that's like Boy, that sounds, it, and that's ter- <laughs> that, that sounds like I a know. threat. <laughs> that sounds terrible. But... I mean, they're they're gonna but, die, and, and they're so and they're so ingrained to... in their hatred of the other team. The the fact that yeah, uh, being uh, bipartisan, uh, reaching across the aisle is now viewed as a weakness. Yep. Granted, I, yeah, I've yelled at my senator for uh, uh, doing exactly that, but you know, that's more of a individual. Uh, case than just uh, the general idea of doing so. Well, let's just yeah. be, uh, let's just put, uh, put it out there. My, my uh, Democratic senator kind of sucks, and the Republican one definitely sucks. Uh, but I'm also, you know, a little weird when it comes to my general population here. So, yeah. Yeah. We've got, I mean, the, we've got too much money in politics. Oh, definitely. Like they need, like, money, corporations are not people, money does not equal free speech. Uh, uh, but corporations were ruled to be a, a people, right? They were, but they're not. We gotta we gotta fix that. That's on the long line of things that we gotta fix. Oh, well, it's a good thing that, you know, the Supreme Court hasn't been uh, stacked for the next few, uh, few decades, right? <sighs> <laughs> 
Oh, I think I actually get to poke you, and it's irrelevant right now. Indeed. Indeed. So is it good for you, too? No. <laughs> it was not. Um, right, and here, I thought you yeah. were enjoying me poking you. I mean, it, you know, depends on what kind of what kind of poking. But I'm not a big fan of this kind of poking. Oh, don't worry. I'll go get the banana. I, yep. <laughs> That'll do it. Or the Peter Cottontail. Uh, emphasis on the Peter? Or, no, the Cottontail from the other pictures. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. I mean, I definitely understand where they're coming from on this. And it's just sad that it has to be this way. Yeah. Uh, is there really th- anything else on this? I mean, no, I mean, no. I mean, it, it's pretty much tied up with Bethesda being viewed as left leaning because they're against Nazis in America when it was talking about Wolfenstein. Yeah. I mean, the fact that that was viewed as a political message by the extreme right. Yep. There's, there's not really any farther to go without getting even deeper in the woods on politics. And this is, I think this has been enough politics for one episode of the VGL podcast. Yeah, don't so. worry. I'm sure we'll have uh, like a bonus episode come, oh, let's say second week of November. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, that sounds about right. Yeah, definitely. Um, but for we now, definitely won't make that a numbered episode. I, I feel bad that we made it a numbered episode last time. Yeah. For now, let's, uh, Let's go to our community corner. We've got we had some tweets, right? And then yeah, let's see. We've got a listener question. Uh, Kyle shared a clip about his awesome driving skills in Borderlands. If you didn't watch that, uh, basically, uh, yeah, he's an exceptional driver. And also, let's see. Kyle also tweeted us at VGL Podcast. Well, straight into the point. Gotta give him credit on that one. Unless he's uh, meaning the entire thread on that, right? Yeah, but uh, but he only t- uh yeah, I had VGL podcast uh, t- uh, t- uh, tag. So there we go. That's the end of the community. Call. Okay, I'll read the rest of Kyle's stuff since we skipped him last time <laughs> uh, for sending a bunch of encrypted stuff. Which honestly, I never even encrypted, so I have no idea what he's talking about. Uh, let's see, Kyle. I love that uh, Souls Remastered is bringing new players in the game. I really do, but I need to vent about one thing: dueling etiquette. Okay, Voldemort, let's go. Uh, bow before trying to murder if you're invading. Okay. If you're being invaded and the invading, uh, uh, phantom bows, bow back. Don't take a cheap shot. After bowing, it's a slugfest. Win at all costs. If you lose to an invader in a fair fight, you shouldn't indict, whatever that is. Failure to observe dueling etiquette won't get you reported in any way, but not really. You're just being a dick at that point. Okay. Uh, I know what some of those words mean. And that's all uh, Kyle sent, by the way. I'm not cutting him yeah, off anymore. I saw that. I saw that. So I imagine you no. know a bit more than that, uh, uh, a bit more about what he's talking about than I do. Uh, not much more. I, uh, he texted me earlier today about playing Dark Souls. I haven't texted him back. Not because I didn't want to text him back, but he texted me like, my day was insane <laughs> at the clinic today. Oh, so and that's I what I should like, do. I, I should a, just randomly text you. Middle of the night. Got when it. I had a, 
when I had a quick break to eat lunch, like I texted him back. He was asking me about Dark Souls. I think I think my controller is working. The last time I tried it, it seemed to be working fine. But I need I need to text him back again. I'll do that later. Maybe while we're playing RPG tonight. That's fine. Um so anyway, smash cut. Uh, uh, smash that like button and uh ding that bell. Yeah, this will get cut together somehow. Anyways, so yeah, we, I was talking to someone from the community uh, this week on Twitter, just like DMing me on Twitter. We were talking about some random stuff. Then they asked a question if I'd ever had any, or if we had ever had any celebrity encounters with video game, you know, well-known video game people or video game adjacent people. Yeah, most of, I said uh, I, mostly mine is nope. Uh, a couple uh, you know, somewhat small YouTubers, and that's about it, but that's... Um, the biggest thing, I guess the biggest one for me would be, I, I was friends with someone that went on to be a somewhat decent sized, uh, Team Fortress 2, uh, YouTuber. And for, yeah. and, uh, then they just pretty much dropped off the face of the earth. And this was after I stopped talking to them. Uh, just, you know, I, I stopped playing the game as much. So didn't have a lot to talk about. So just kind of drifted apart. And, it, and for quite a while, you know, I would say about once every two or three months, I'd get somebody uh, messaging me, "Hey, are you uh, 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 the Caffeine Rage?" And that's why I have it on my <laughs> Steam, the real Caffeine Rage. <laughs> nice. I've always wondered what that was, but I just figured it was like some joke or something. No, no, I actually got asked that quite a bit, so that's why it's on there. Yes, I'm the real Caffeine Rage uh, because they mentioned me on one of their videos and. So I guess I do kind of have a little bit of a story, uh, and occasionally I would get asked, hey, do you ever know what happened to, I can't even think of his name now, I pruned my friends list ages ago, and he had been on for well over a year, and his Twitter uh, has also been dead for even longer, so either he moved on or something happened to him, you know, which, yeah, uh, is just the facet of uh, the digital life where, you know, you know people that you don't really know, so they could just drop off one day and that'd be it. Unless you really yeah. go digging. Uh, but that requires knowing real names and a lot more precise locations than, you know, state. But, yeah. Uh, uh, every so often I get somebody asking me and, you know, I wouldn't be able to really help them, but that's about the closest I have. <laughs> uh, a, a little nice. uh, segment on my uh, uh, profile. Yes, I'm the real caffeine rage. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I have got an interesting tale. So, how long has it been ago now? 12-ish years? 10, 12 years? I, it was, I was a junior in high school. I used to play Halo 3 all the time. Um, and, you know, that like Halo was the first game that I really made friends online with that I didn't know in the real world. And uh, I was part of a, a clan, like an MLG clan, because that was like hot shit in like 2008 or whatever. Yeah, um, I think around that time so I, was I was in Team Fortress 2, uh, uh, my team, uh, either that or uh, shortly thereafter. So, yeah, it was a, <laughs> about that time frame. Yeah. So, you know, I was I would play with people in my clan and we would practice all the time for clan matches and go to like local or regional tournaments or whatever those of us that were close enough in the same area and um occasionally we would just all like get together and play and and dick around and stuff and uh there were four of us that were supposed to be playing one night but someone had to leave 
and it was like a friend of a friend sort of thing. Like he had invited one of his friends to play and we didn't really know him. And then we were like, hey, if you want to, you know, bail, that's cool. But if we get it, your friend left. But if you want to play with us, since, you know, you're the the odd man out here, we'll let you, you know, you can invite the fourth. And he's like, okay, cool. Let me see who's online. And he was like, oh, okay. I see this person online. Let me text him. So he texted him. was like, hey, you want to come play? You know, we waited like 10 minutes. And then he shows up. And uh, I'm like, this sounds an awful lot like Joel Heyman. Like the guy who plays Caboose Mm -hmm. and Rooster Teeth. I was like, sounds almost exactly like him. But you know what? Just because he sounds like him, that doesn't mean anything. People, you know, can sound like other people or it might be something to do with a mic or whatever. I'm not going to like ask. Or it could be a soundboard. Yeah. Like I'm not going to ask right away or be weird about it. Whatever. So we played for a while. And the more we like I was listening to the Rooster Teeth podcast, which at the time was called The Drunk Tank. Um, and so I had heard a lot of Joel's mannerisms and the way he speaks and things like that. Um, and I was like, God, this guy sounds an awful lot like Joel. He talks like him. Like maybe at some point tonight, I'll ask. We played for a couple hours. Um, gotta be cool about it, man. Gotta be cool. Yeah. Gotta be cool. We played for a couple <laughs> hours. Um, and then my friend, uh, that I knew dropped off for the night. And like, even though I was in high school, like, I never went to sleep. I would stay up for three days at a time and play games and shit. So it yeah, was like well, three well, in the morning. Well, we know you're the picture of health, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was like three in the morning. This other guy dropped off. And, and me and the last guy who sounded like Joel Heyman were just like sitting there chatting, uh, talking about stuff, you know. And he was like, you're pretty cool. Like, uh, you're, you're cool to talk to. I was like, hey, thanks, Aww. man. You're pretty cool to talk to also. And there was like a moment of silence and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. And I was like, (laughs) look, this has been bugging me all night. Just like listening to you talk and the way that you talk, like you sound exactly like Joel Heyman from Rooster Teeth. And I just have to, have to ask. And he was like, yeah, yeah, that's me. I play Caboose. And then he did like some Caboose lines (laughs) in Caboose voice. And I was like, that is fucking cool, dude. Thank you like for doing that. And he was uh, like, well, yeah. let's, let's, be, people- let's be honest. Uh, you made a noise that only dogs could hear at that point. <laughs> I was like, I was like tingling on the inside and I was like, ee! but like, you know, he couldn't see me or anything. So, and he was like, you know, you've been really cool and chill tonight. And it's not very often at, at this point that like, I meet a fan who is not like weird. <laughs> only gonna, if you do. Like, only gonna, if you do. He's like, I'm going to send you a friend request. And I was like, awesome. So he sent me a friend request and I was friends with him on Xbox Live. And then I was like, you know, I'm still not 100% sure. Like he could have been lying. So I went and I checked. And at the time on the Rooster Teeth website, like they had all of their profiles public because this was still early enough that they were, Rooster Teeth was still fairly niche. This was like around season, oh, three or four of Red versus Blue. Maybe a little bit later than that because this would have been like 2007 or 2008. I'm not a hundred percent sure where that is on the timeline, but anyways, it was still early enough in their run that they were still fairly niche. They weren't, you know, the giant company that they are now or not giant, but becoming the giant company that they are now. Now be honest. Did he call you, you a cock bite? <laughs> cock bite. Yeah. Uh, he, that was one of the lines that he said and stuff like that. But so anyways, like I start playing games regularly with Joel Heyman from rooster teeth. Um, and this this relationship goes on for, 
I don't know, five or six months. And it was never like weird or over the top or anything. Just like sometimes he'd be online. He'd be like, hey, do you want to play some games? Or do you just want to sit in a group chat and talk for a while or whatever? Because um, I think the Xbox party system was brand new then. So you could talk with up to like six friends at once. Um, and ever so slowly, I started getting cycled through talking to the various founding members of Rooster Tea. So Matt Hullum, um, Jeff, and Gus, uh, Bernie. Like, I talked to all of them at one point and, like, played games with them. Never all at the same time. We never, like, I'm not, like, a secret hidden <laughs> extra or something in, like, an episode or anything like that. Like, it never got to that point. But just, like, every once in a while, he'd be like, hey, you want to come play games with us? Like, we're playing some whatever. I'm like, sure. Who's us? And it's like, I join. And it's, like, Bernie Burns and Gus and Joel. And I'm like, holy fuck. Like, inside, I'm like, holy fucking shit. I'm playing video games with the rooster teeth guys. And I was always like, oh, hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> and the first couple of times it happened, he's like, see, I told you. He was really cool. He's not weird about it. <laughs> and on the, oh, on the inside, uh, I was they, flipping the fuck only out. Only if they could hear when you muted your mic. Yeah. So that's my my gaming celebrity story. <laughs> um, I Like, over time, like, I stopped playing Xbox games. And then they changed all of their accounts because it, they started to get more and more popular. Um, and you, and you didn't the make the cut. <laughs> I guess I don't know, but between those two things, it's like okay, I'm no longer friends with with Joel Heyman or any of the Rooster Teeth guys. But like, I will always, always have that as like a cool celebrity thing. Actually, one other time I I talked to them uh, when I was in college. I was writing a paper um, on the psychology of video games. And I used those guys as some, like, uh, interview interviewees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interviewees. Um, so in one of my old college papers, I've got, like, quotes and references from Bernie and... Who did that one? It was Bernie and Jeff and Gus that I got stuff from for that. And, and at that point, like, they I had... thought you were weird. Uh, <laughs> no, they didn't really remember me. And I get it. I mean, they have a gajillion fans and I was never big on the actual rooster teeth website, but you know, I was like, Hey, I used to play games with you. I'm in college. Now you'd be a great source for this paper I'm writing. You know, I'd love it if I could get like a, ask you a few questions and get a couple of quotes. And it was just like email. It was email correspondence with Bernie and Gus, but I had a quick chat with Jeff and he like vaguely remembered me. Like, remember that guy that used to have, like, the pink armor in Halo when we would play sometimes with Joel? And then he responded, yeah, that was... no, wasn't it lightest red? <laughs> oh, God, I wish he would have done that. <laughs> I wish I could say he did that. But, no, he didn't. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you were that, like, cool kid that used to hang out with us and, like, play video games. And, like, we used to always, like, ask why you didn't go to bed. Because you had school the next day. <laughs> and you were always like, fuck school. So, that's my uh, my celebrity gaming adjacent experience. It was cool. And then <laughs> huh, what? Huh? I think I remember so, you talking about that at one point. Uh, I mentioned that to you at, at some point. Yeah, uh, now that you, know, uh, you mentioned it again, it's like... Uh, uh, but it must have been ages ago on the podcast, if it was on the podcast. 
I don't think I've ever talked about it on the podcast. Maybe I have, and it's just been so long that I can't remember some of the stories I've told. But I know I've talked to you about it more briefly. You know, it's almost like we've had uh, 129 episodes of this, plus. Yeah, it's um, it's almost like we've been friends for like three years now and talk on a regular basis. Send help. Send help. He's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm locked in his basement. Send more lube. Help. Fine. <laughs> so yeah, that is it for the community corner this week. And if you were to contribute, you could uh, send help over to vglpodcast at gmail.com or do us tweet us over at VGL, uh, VGL podcast on the Twitter. Indeed. So we've got Discovery Q on the docket. Yeah, let's we go ahead and do a it. quick one. But Ed, I'm going to have to jump out faster at the end because we're... 20 35 minutes from rpg so yeah well i'm already on uh, my queue going through it and i'm getting a lot of shit sweet well the doobly-doo will have happened 15 or 20 seconds ago or something Let's see first game <laughs> no bueno oh i got a, a, a jrpg that honestly looked kind of shit it was basically being sold for tits and if it was on if it was on your queue, I'm sure it would have come up. But I actually got one that. Well, let's just put it this way: the reason why it's recommended, it's pretty much uh, what I thought of it immediately. Uh, the light okay. keeps us safe. Early access title that pretty much is, sir, you're being hunted. But honestly, right. uh, yeah, uh, from what I've seen and uh, seen people talk about, sir, you're being hunted. It sounded like it was a really good concept that never really. Uh, took off and was able to fulfill its promises. So, yeah, having another game that's reminiscent of it may not be a bad thing. It looks like it's a bit higher quality than Sir, you're being hunted, to be perfectly honest. Uh, already, I should say. Even though, yeah, the original... I, I, I shouldn't really say the original because, yeah, it, it implies that this is a sequel of some sort, but I'm pretty sure this is uh, two different games or two different uh, game companies. Yeah. Oh, so no, 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 it is. Thing. It is the same company. Oh. So, yeah, it, uh, this is a spiritual sequel to Sorry You're Being Hunted. I didn't click on it before. Uh, then I saw Big Robot Limited. Wait a minute. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a spiritual uh, sequel to Sorry You're Being Hunted, it looks like. With a little bit more of a dark atmosphere, uh, less of a steampunk feel. So, yeah. Early access title, uh, 15, or sorry, 17 bucks uh, on. Uh, it's a launch sale. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, though, it's been off of it. It's 20 bucks, And it's due to uh, go to full release, supposedly, in about six months. So if this uh, lives up to the promise that Sir You're Being Hunted should have, it should be a good one. Okay, now you can right. go. So I, I got one that looks interesting. Uh, it's called Atomic Society. It's a post-apocalyptic town-building simulator. It looks very much like... Uh, what's the one that's like in medieval times? Um, banished. And it's supposed to, banished. It looks kind of like that, but with a but post-apocalyptic. Um, well, let's just put it this way: it's suggesting it to me because of RimWorld and City Skylines. Yeah, it's suggesting it to me because of uh, the fact that they actually show it as uh, using like a, a, a old airplane as a building. 
Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'd like that. Yeah. I'd like the look of this. Um, the thing that I was like scrolling through the page, the thing that I like the most is it says mature content description. Atomic Society involves judging controversial real life social and political issues, including abortion, sexuality, murder, and several others. Damn. It allows you to set laws and punishments in some ways that players might find disturbing or offensive, though you're free to build the society the way you believe. Just like that is what I'm talking about. Games that making political that, statements. Now the question like, is if they balance it correctly to, because typically whenever a game does that there's usually the easy path and the hard path or you know the right path and it uh, feels like yeah. it's uh, kind of preachy if it uh, is done incorrectly even though the game designer may not imply it yeah but we'll we'll see um it just released in early access a couple of days ago i went and found it on key mail i requested a key um, and I'll see how it goes and give it a little bit of time and see what people are saying, like how the game works and its balance and stuff. But I could definitely see myself enjoying a game like that. Yeah, I got another one pretty much immediately, Spaceborn, which honestly reminds me a little bit of uh, what Star Citizen is wanting to be. Granted, it looks like this is going to be single player only, which you know, not a bad uh, thing there. Uh, Spaceborn is an open space exploration game with RPG elements. Its world consists of different factions at war, and you are an, you as an expert pilot need to choose your side or be on no one's side and uh, create a force of your own. So a bit of the X series as well. It does it, it looks fairly impressive uh, visual wise. Granted, it really comes down to does it play well because there's a few reviews saying that it uh, is uh, very rough on its optimization and. Uh, the English language support isn't uh, that great. So foreign developer, it looks like, possibly. Or someone that just doesn't have a good grasp of the words. But graphically, it's rather impressive, huh? Yeah. So one to keep an eye on. It's due to come out early access, supposedly in December. Huh. That's a little soon. It's only been out for about 10 days. 12 days so yeah i'll be uh surprised if it comes out then uh, games like this definitely should be in early access a lot longer so but yeah definitely one to keep an eye on uh so so far i haven't gotten anything else i've got a lot of garbage uh well i um, got a uh, remaster <laughs> so why the hell not cool. yeah i'm almost the mark of the ninja remastered game uh Clay Entertainment, uh, stealth uh, platformer. I mean, if you haven't played the original Mark of the Ninja, it's actually a very well done 2D stealth platformer with a lot of emphasis on uh, visual cues for uh, sound and uh, for uh, just general stealthiness. Which uh, does a really good job of... of, uh, giving the information that you need to be stealthy while taking out a lot of guesswork that it feels like a lot of stealth games has with its systems. You know, can that guard see me or not? Can that guard hear what I'm doing or not? Uh, Mark of the Ninja was able to pull that off really well. This is a remake of the previous game or uh, of the of that title, uh, which honestly, it didn't really feel like it needed a remake. It was a very, very good-looking game to begin with, but... It looks like they rolled some DLC into this. Uh, if you have the original, it's a five buck upgrade, or, or if you had all the DLC, they give it to you. But I'm not sure if I actually. Well, well I don't have the, the DLC. I'm not sure if they actually released that on Steam or not. So there you go. 
I mean, it's a clay game. It's a clay does really good work. So you're up. Yep. Uh, King of Phoenix. King of Phoenix is a comedic adult harem dating sim oh, set in sunny Phoenix, Arizona. I, I mean, I just like this. Is, honestly, this is the best thing that I've gotten on my wish list so far. And like, you know how willing I'm to go for like Schultz schlocky things. It's like fun. Yeah, and they have put three on my wish list uh, or whatever. Uh, Decenter uh, DLC. Yep. So, uh, yeah. I just saw this and I was like, okay, harem dating game set like with someone's impression of what uh, the South, Southwest, or the Southwest is, and it's like one of the screenshots is someone named Jesse, and I just am thinking like, so in one of the screenshots of Jesse, and just in my head I'm like, nope, that's the Texan way of doing things. Like that's how I read that in my head, because she's dressed like a tomboy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm down for for like a schlocky. Uh, animu dating sim. Sure. Why not? Ooh. That's the best thing I've gotten on my wish list. My last game finish it off. is very impressive looking. I'm not a monster. Reminds me okay. a lot of Evil Genius. Just on the way it looks uh, immediately. Even though I don't think it's the same genre. The informed minority versus the uninformed majority a turn-based tactical uh, multiplayer in a retro sci-fi setting with randomly assigned roles and mafia oh i accidentally clicked on uh, reviews mafia uh, werewolf party system features full uh, sorry uh, they actually had that in the full thing so uh xcom meets evil genius yeah this this looks cool on the wish list, right on there. Yeah, what else have this got? Uh, have these people done? Because this looks from you know, uh, it looks like uh, not a lot actually. So, but a pretty fresh developer. But yeah, very impressive looking. Uh, Grand, yeah, you know, it all comes down to gameplay, but. This looks like it's from. It looks like an updated version of uh, that style from the like the nineties. That uh, certain look to the isometric view. If that makes any sense. Yeah, but I can't really uh, put my uh, finger on uh, how to. Uh, I can't word it very well. Uh, but the question is, does it have single player? Because if it's multiplayer only, then that's it. that kills it for me. Um, oh, I didn't see that. Does it say multiplayer only in like one of the tags? Or um, it says online co-op, co-op, online multiplayer, but I'm not seeing any single player, which is disappointing. If that's true, mm, we could do all, we could do co-op. I'd be down for a co-op. Uh, uh let's see. I'm I'm looking. Game. Uh, there's a sandbox mode that should work. Uh, also as offline, and the devs are saying they're implementing a single player mode in the future, but for now, it's mostly multiplayer. Oh, disappointed! That, that, that's almost as bad as the Feudal Japan uh, Battle Royale. I was so hyped for that, and then I saw Battle Royale. Oh. If they could give this a proper campaign mode, but this isn't an early access, so I'm not expecting that sort of thing to come out. Oh. Damn. What a cock tease to end the Discovery queue on. 
Speaking of cock tease. <laughs> Welcome to the portion of the podcast where I go first, ladies and gentlemen, and let me tell you where you can find my YouTube channel. On the YouTubes, of course, if they're not down. <laughs> <laughs> and you could do so by searching for Gaming Psychologist, where you can find uh, the podcast video and our spin tire series and maybe another one of those potential projects i'm working on i've talked about working on a book a couple of times i don't know if i've ever mentioned it on the show but a book about the clients that i see some of the more interesting ones obviously removing uh identifiable information so is the title going to be bitch be crazy (laughs) i don't know i'm still working on a title but I'm going to be workshopping some of those to make sure that they flow well and things like that. Um, and I've considered releasing them maybe on YouTube like a chapter at a time or a, a case study as, at a time, as it were. Um, and I've been working on one for a while now that I think I've got about ready to, uh, to test. That is, put it up where some people can read it and listen to it or watch it. Um, and it would just be narration on YouTube. But... Uh, maybe in the next couple of weeks I'll get that ready as long as I, you know, do it. But, I mean, this is one of those things that I'm going to do regardless of whether or not I actually put it on YouTube. It might just be just a text, you know, somewhere on like a blog or something that I start where you can go read them. Or I might drop it in the show notes with a link to the Google Drive folder where they're at. People can go check them out. But there is a possibility that I could record them and put them on YouTube, especially if there's enough interest for something like that. I know you guys could read it, but if it's something you'd like to have in the background or whatever. Mm-hmm. I also might stick one at the end of a podcast episode. It's like a test, too. But I'm two-ish weeks away from having that ready, give or take. So, But that is something that I'm working on, and it's one of those things, like, if I talk about it, I'm more willing to actually do it as opposed to just dropping it. So there is that. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so by following me at JMA4707. Uh, I've got a few new Twitter followers who have been quite uh, talkative to me on there, which is fine. Uh, I am curious, Becca, if you listen to the podcast or not, because you like and retweet like every single episode that I post or that gets posted from YouTube. Uh, she had a very long conversation with me about the psychology of Harry Potter, which was fun. Like She was asking me questions about uh, different things like how they would affect the characters and the life that they had lived and things they'd experienced. And like, well, how does this affect them from a therapeutic perspective? How would you treat that? What would you diagnose them with? Um, and she's got a Harry Potter podcast, which I should go listen to since she asked me all these questions. They might be <laughs> featured on an episode and I don't even know it. But I'm just curious if you listen some, to the show. Get uh, some pro- uh, cross-promotion. Yeah, if you do, though, uh, send me something on Twitter that's like, hell yeah, I listen to your show. And then if you don't, then obviously I'll, I'll notice because you don't tweet me. <laughs> um, <laughs> or she disappears. And that's fine, too. That's fine, too. You don't have to listen to my show. But you are very nice to talk to on Twitter, so thumbs up. Anyways, if you uh, want to be my friend on Steam, you can do so by sending a friend request to jr34707. You can chat with me pretty much at any time about anything. Um I accept all friend requests from the lovely, lovely people in our audience. And so far, no one's been a dick or an asshole or a jerk. I'll just wait till we get on politics. Yeah. Even people when they've talked about politics with me have been quite nice. And if you were slow, 
know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is Bagel Bites. Nice. Thought you would enjoy some Bagel pizza Bites. on a bagel. You can eat pizza anytime. Please note, we are not sponsored by uh, Bagel Bites. But if you but if you wish to uh, sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to... Uh, Gonna have to go buy some bagel bites. Get your. And I'm a grown ass man, mom. I can buy bagel bites whenever I want to. Uh, get your kid hooked on them, right? Yeah, I'm sure Katie will appreciate that one. Uh, but speaking of things that she wouldn't appreciate, uh, how about my stuff on the interwebs? <laughs> uh, you can find me on the YouTube's uh, Gaming with Caffeine Rage, where I'm only running two of my three series right now. I need to get going on the third one. And I've been sitting and thinking about the Sunday Sampler because Key Mailer has pretty much said that they don't have the staff to be able to uh, go through and authorize all the uh, accounts that they should be able to. So I'm thinking that I should just focus, uh, move that to uh, uh, Twitch and see if I could get a little bit of following over there. Because what the hell, right? Yeah, why not? And just uh, set up an actual proper streaming schedule. So I'll probably do it at least Sundays and probably one other day during the week. I just need to sit down and figure that out and also get ahead on my other stuff. But that will be caffeine underscore rage on the tw- on uh, on twitch.tv. And I'm uh, gaming with CR on the Twitters where you could see me tweet about who knows what, uh, who knows when, right? <laughs> yep. Uh I think the last uh, non-spammy uh, tweet I had on there was uh, commenting about how the Amish uh, bread that I make, I'm pretty sure that uh, it's built around having a stand mixer. And I just found that rather ironic. <laughs> you know, uh, Amish bread uh, being made with a stand mixer. Yeah. Not very Amish. Uh Speaking of not very Amish, how about the other stuff for the podcast so we close this out and you could go do other non-Amish things? Right? Right, Aru. Because that makes complete sense, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's a very forced segue, but I'll allow it. Hey, it's uh, no worse than uh, hardly any of the ones you do. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean... You're the expert on the force segue, so you should be able to know when a force segue is a force segue. Oh, and yeah. if you used to uh, message us about our force segues or our, uh, send us a letter, voicemail, gaming related topic, you could send them to vglpodcast at gmail.com or just tweet them vglpodcast on the Twitter. And we also still need those movie quotes because we are still running that giveaway, which was in the beginning of the episode. So if you need more details on that, uh, just uh, hit stop and then hit play again and listen to the first, uh, what, five minutes? Be kind, be wise. <laughs> uh, if they're putting this on cassette, I feel sorry for them for how many cassettes they need for an episode. Yeah. But if you were to pay for, well, someone's a cassette uh, addiction, actually that doesn't make any sense because I don't think either of us even own a cassette player, you could uh, help mm. pay for the pod- My car. Yeah, you can help pay for uh, Jared's cassette player. <laughs> Actually, no, it's just podcast-related stuff. Patreon.com slash Podcast, which helps pay for our Podbean account. VGLpodcast.podbean.com, which hosts the RSS feed, the show notes, uh, links to pretty much 
all our stuff on uh, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Twitch, or you can just find us over on iTunes, Google Play, or your podcast aggregator of choice. Our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod and Doobly Doo by the same artist is our Discovery Q music. His work can be found at Incomputech.com and... As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. See you. So bagel bites, really? <laughs> I mean, I loved I loved bagel bites when I was a kid. I, I never I liked them as an adult. I never really got into bagel bites. They are tasty. No, don't get me wrong. I love a good bagel, but uh, typically I don't have pizza on them. I'll have cream cheese and well, now thanks to Katie, uh, either lemon or lime curd. Well, when you have pizza on a bagel, you can have pizza anytime. Yeah, but I could just. Go get a pizza anytime. It doesn't have to be on a bagel. Granted, the local pizza places, putting it on a bagel may be an improvement. Is that uh, Frank's or not Frank's? Yes. Gotcha. Actually, even Pizza Hut. Now, only if I could combine a few of these places around here, then we could actually have an edible pizza. Because Gino's actually has a good sauce. Pizza Hut actually has a crust, because Gino's... I think they just uh, uh, put out like a sheet of paper and uh, put the pizza toppings on it. Frank's and not Frank's. Um, actually, they don't enter the equation at all. Uh, let's go to Papa John's and get the uh, the dipping sauce because, yeah, I realize that it's not garlic. It's not butter. It's all sorts of weird chemicals, but damn, it's tasty. Right? Yeah. I love tasty things, no matter how many chemicals they are. But what if it's not natural? What's it? What if it's full of GMOs and stuff? Well, then that makes it better. <laughs> I actively pour gluten and MSG into my food. And you just have a, a bottle of high fructose corn syrup that you're just waiting for you know, to use, right? Oh, yeah. You just chug that immediately. Oh, yeah. Just pop the top, pour it back. <laughs> Uh, sort of like uh, drinking uh, the uh, maple syrup off Super Troopers. Or- <laughs> yes, <laughs> except except it's corn syrup. Well, to be fair, depending on how cheap they were on their maple syrup, it could have been corn syrup there either. Yeah. All right, this is enough post-episode <laughs> banter. I have to go play RPG. Bye-bye. Bye.